you know, so I went by hardest part of the ring for a while, but then that would confuse people. Like, is your podcast called the hardest part of the ring? Like, no, I'm, I'm clearly hard. So like, so yeah, <laughs> Kyle from the apron, but will do. Yeah. Especially in the UK, there's a, you probably haven't heard of it in the US, but there's a hardest part of the ring podcast in the UK. So, so I did. So I actually started as just an Instagram page, which was called the hardest part of the ring. Like it was just a silly name. I, I thought of for in like 20 seconds. So I was like, Oh, I'm gonna do a podcast. I should probably just call it the hardest part of the ring podcast. And I looked it up. I was like, God damn it. Somebody already took it. But then right after I did that, started the apron bump. Now, now there's an apron bumps. Cause I'm, I'm the apron bump podcast, but there's another podcast called apron bumps. So it's at, even added to the confusion. <laughs> so in a, if there's a match and there's a singular apron bump, it's covered by your podcast. Right. If there's dual apron bumps, it goes to the other <laughs> podcast. Is that how do you yes. Some may call it a niche, but you know, it is what it is. <laughs> Wrestling should be fun, should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Wrestling should be fun, should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. G'day scholars and welcome to the Wrestling Should Be Fun podcast. It's what the nerds are watching. I am your sometimes host and only editor today, Don Philp on the mic, not too hard, not too soft, but just right. <clears throat> this week's my week off, um, but I still have two hours and 15 minutes of podcast to edit. Cheers, guys. But it is a very, very special episode. Hey, you can find us, obviously, every single Friday on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts from. Best way that you can support is to rate, review, subscribe. You can tweet it out, Instagram it out. Hey, why don't you send me a message on Instagram today if you're listening on Friday the 20th of August because it's my birthday. And that's part of the reason I'm having the week off. Um, less because I watched England capitulate at Lords against India on Monday when this was recorded. It's a very special episode. Brummett does a great job hosting. I'm going to hand it straight over to him. Here we go. Wrestling Should Be Fun Pod, episode 24. Right, right, guys. Um, I was going to say viewers, listeners, uh, you can tell you don't have the regular host today and I'm just going to make a sham of it. But welcome everyone to um, episode 23. 24. We've been 24. Good start. Oh, yeah. I think I for 23. That was your one. It's very good, actually, mate. Try that again. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to episode 24 of the Wrestling Should Be Fun podcast. We've got a, a very special episode today, not just because, like, the two worst members of Wrestling Should Be Fun, um, Dom Van Dam and, and con man Matt Connolly, are away, but um, joining myself, uh, Brum, and Ross the Boss, we have got... Kyle from the Apron Bump podcast. Yes, thank you for having me. Yeah, it feels like uh, I just walked into the NWO and it's no one but Virgil and Mongo. So. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's great to be here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> That's uh, Mongo is a spoiler for a later round table, actually. <laughs> I'll definitely, I'll definitely take Mongo. You're definitely Virgil, actually, Ross, aren't you? You, you, will, you will try and uh, sell anything, won't you? Yeah, I'm the... Wrestling should be fun, chill. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, let's let's kick on with things. So, um, Ross, have we got any shout-outs this week, or are we going to go deep into what the nerds are watching? Yeah, so we've got um, a shout-out, and we've got the call-up sheet. Um, wow, the, right. Um, so, we, so let's go uh, call-up sheet, insert jingle, Dom.
not my favorite jingle. Uh, what a great jingle that was that we just heard. <laughs> so firstly, um, a quick shout out. Um, we got sent this on Twitter earlier. Um, one of our favorite um, Twitter followers is a guy called Justin Hollis. He's very well known in the wrestling Twitter community. Sadly lost his um, sister-in-law yesterday. Uh, so just a quick shout out to him and um, sending our well wishes to his family and um, hoping that he's doing well. And if you are a big fan of his, he's also got a GoFundMe um, to help out with the costs for the funeral. Um, so go well, Justin Hollis. Moving on to um, the call-up sheet itself. We've got quite a few t- t- to go through. Um, to let you know, um, Kyle, the, the process here is that we get a shout out from, from someone. I, I name them and tell you where they're from. And it's your job to come up with their kind of wrestling character. Oh no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so like a, like a name or like a whole backstory gimmick. Literally kind of just thing? a name. You okay. got to work with what you got. All right. We'll see. <laughs> this is going to go poorly, but we'll see. You, you only have to give them a name, by the way. You don't have to book like the first six months on TV or anything. Oh, okay. Well, that'll be fine then. <laughs> so first up, um, we've got Eric Brown from Maryland, USA. Brown stain. <laughs> there we go. Starting off hot. <laughs> Kyle's dropping our Twitter followers by the by the second. Is this, is this, is this like an invasion angle? Oh. I'm the poison. It's the NWO. It's WWE NWO. <laughs> it, what's it like in in um in the place that is Maryland? It's uh, you know, it's I've been there once. There's a lot of boats. Oh, um, kind of boating wild, right? That's there, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, there's, uh, the Orioles, which is a baseball. So it's like cricket, but not three days long. <laughs> uh, so yeah, just imagine that. <laughs> I'm thinking some kind of boating character, some kind of, he hits people with like boating shoes. <laughs> Tugboat? <laughs> Tugboat, that was, uh, that was a person, right? Tyler <laughs> Boatman? There it is, there it is. <laughs> okay, next up, we've got John Robb. From Lincoln, USA. Lincoln. Just Rob John, surely. There so it is. Changed his name to Rob John. Just Daniel Bryan. This <laughs> Rob, Rob Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Easy as the American. Okay, next up, we've got Sebastian from the brilliantly named Hogsmeade. Hogsmeade? Are you sure that's not? Where is that? <laughs> Not entirely sure. I think it might actually be Britain. Is that like Hogwarts? <laughs> <laughs> so making some kind of uh, Dumble Dumble Dick. I don't know. <laughs> I think, I think ho- ho- Hogsmeade sounds like it should be like uh, like a really like old school British like microbrewery. So, <laughs> what's his What's his name? Um, Sebastian. Just that's all I've got. Just Sebastian. <laughs> Sebastian Brewer. He's a, he's got, like, a brewing gimmick. Proper early 90s WWF. I like it. I like it a lot. Next up, we've got Ori the Draw from Louisiana. Uh, what was his name again? Ori, so O-R-I. That's not a real name. <laughs> <laughs> Is that like Oriole? Like the bird? Um, 
should be in Maryland. So I think he's confused there. So I don't even know if he deserves a name. <laughs> um, yeah. So she's, uh, so she's down as just wife, mum, trivia nerd. So maybe that could be some kind of, she's, she's just like a quiz master. Yeah. Oh, okay. The, uh, the trivial pursuit. Right. <laughs> like Matt Stryker, kind of. <laughs> um, okay. Let's go with Jackie Ellis from Missouri who's already handed herself a kind of character. She's Savage Tribal Queen. Ooh. From Missouri. It's like one of these, one of these guys that, that turn up to developmental, and it's like, this is my character. And it's like, we've got to repackage them the opposite just to piss them off. So, so <laughs> they should... I reckon, I like a corporate gimmick or something? What do you reckon, Carl? Or they can get a tag team part partner, and they could be Payne in Missouri. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and last but not least we've got a ask for a shout out from one of our favorites someone that we covered in the podcast that we did on the apron bump for uh chapter nine of progress rj singh oh man well, was that i didn't real rj singh has asked us for a shout out yeah really okay <laughs> we need to rebook rj Oh man, I gotta start. I gotta stop burying him on my podcast then. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, he's very. What was was it the Fandango episode that we covered? Um, we covered the one where he won with the race card. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, everything he does is is incredible. <laughs> Ethnic submission. <laughs> I don't think I that don't we need think... to rebook him. I just think that we just need to shout out and say, yeah. RJ, you, you are the king. Yeah, we just call him up, put, put the world title strap right on him. <laughs> that, that's, that's my advice. Yeah, he's, he's going straight over Sebastian Brewer. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Squash. <laughs> okay, guys. Well, that's the call-up sheet, and we'll move on to the next segment. Thanks for, for everyone to um, ask him for their new characters. Right, guys, and now we've got um, the section where we ramble about what wrestling we've been watching, whether it be this week or from the early 1800s. And this is what the nerds are watching. Watching you, la 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 long, la 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 long, 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 come on, la 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 long, la 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 long, long, long. What do you think of that jingle, guys? It started off hot, but then it kind of petered off. <laughs> Robert Roo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I have watched a fair bit of wrestling this week, though half of it is not, is like stuff from about a few months ago. So it's not hot topic, um, but, but might work as a few match recommendations in the end. Um, Ross, Kyle, have you seen anything fun this week? Um, so I actually, I recorded three separate episodes for my podcast. And if anybody is unaware, I do a lot of retro stuff. So I watched three different shows, but they're all kind of similar in some ways. So I watched ECW three-way dance, 1995, watched ROH scramble madness, 2002 and progress chapter 14. So it's all like kind of independent kind of early days stuff for different companies. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a lot, a lot of different characters for Can sure. You- can you can you dangle um can you dangle the worm of a from bump bump to the uh, the fish of the WSBF universe? Can we Are call you... them that, Ross? The um, WSBF universe? No, they're <laughs> they're, they're, they're our nerds. They're just yeah, other wider nerds. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it's, uh, 
what 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 were the what were the what the big uh, the big your most enjoying or interesting moment from those three shows me ooh man there's there's so much um ecw three way i mean ecw is such a weird it's like the most ecw show you'll ever watch it's where Beulah McGillicuddy debuts so you have the whole thing with raven and tommy dreamer uh and later in the show you have sandman he's in a world title match but he's literally smoking a cigarette during the match <laughs> Um, you have Eddie Guerrero and Two Cold Scorpio have actually a really great match. Probably like, if we're talking about just match quality, that's probably the best match of all three shows. Um, but yeah, those that's probably the highlight of those three shows for sure. But there's a it's it's, it's you can kind of get different points in people's career, like early days. Like it's funny, I'll watch early Doug Williams in Ring of Honor, but then I'll watch you know late Doug Williams in Progress. So it's a good time. It's a good time. And and well and. And Ross, I assume, can I put a guess there? Is the one show that you've watched was that Rampage? It wasn't. I just couldn't. I just couldn't get hold of it. I tried to get hold of it on the internet through nefarious means, and I failed. What's <laughs> <laughs> so rubbish on the internet? <laughs> <laughs> I watched Rampage Brown. Does that count? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I actually Frightened only really watched. Brown. So I, I only really watched SmackDown this week. Um, just I just because it came through my cable. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how it happens generally <laughs> if, if it isn't on my actual tv i struggle have <laughs> you seen spoilers though so if we talk about it we're not going to break your heart are we no you don't. i actually haven't seen it either so I'm on, the, on the same plane <laughs> friday's just a weird day for wrestling for me i don't know it just doesn't feel like i don't know i feel like i always have something i'm not like going out to the clubs or anything on friday night but i, I always feel like i have something going on so I feel like I always catch it on Twitter more so than anything else. Yeah, I, th- I think I think it's going to be interesting for them if they're um, like from a viewership point of view, and we're not the kind of podcast that dives into American network numbers because we've got no idea what they mean. There's a lot of points and things, um, yeah. but, <laughs> uh, and demos and things like that, which which go over our um, our heads. But the but I, I'd just be interested to see if they'll end up getting quite a lot of. Um, like the recorded viewers, like so plus 24 or whatever they call it. So people like hung over on a Saturday morning, just like yeah. watching it might be the way to go rather than, cause like you said, people doing stuff on Fridays. Yeah. And if, yeah. But most of the time I do watch SmackDown. It's like, like you said, Saturday morning, Sunday morning. I love watching wrestling in the morning with coffee. I don't know why it just feels like so relaxing rather than, but Friday nights, man, I guess it's the new destination for wrestling with rampage and, 205 Live, and that's still a thing, right? <laughs> but 205 Live, there's a great thing going around about their roster. Um, it's like on the WWE Network, you can filter by 205 Live. And it's, I think there's four people on it. I think it's Mark Andrews, Santos Escobar, Nigel McGuinness, and one other. I'm not sure who the fourth one is. Ike Minjiro? Is that the yeah. other one? No, Brian Kendrick, I think it is. So. Those, those, I don't think any of those three wrestlers are even wrestling for 205 Live. They're all like doing other shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, have you, um, are you okay with spoilers for, um, yeah, yeah. For Rampage? Yeah, I think, um, cause it was like, I think it was a, a three match card. So, um, started off pretty hot with, with Christian beating, beating Kenny. For I the, did see that match. That was a great match. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. I mean, I'm not. I'm not dissing Christian because he's. He can obviously he can still. He can still work, but God, Kenny's so good, isn't he? He can make anyone mm-hmm. look like a good twenty percent better than they are. His his unprettier cell was fantastic. Oh, beautiful! 
Coke. He's just he's on the set up chair. Yeah, the, the coldest take you're probably going to hear all podcasts, but Kenny Omega's quite good at wrestling. Um, I think he is, yeah. <laughs> I think that's fair. He's, um, but yeah, he's a new, yeah, he's, he's at least Mongo level, maybe a little bit above. But, well, let's, um, let's not get carried away. All right. I didn't um, see the match, of course, but I did watch Dynamite last week, and I loved the bit in the promo where Christian was like, in three weeks, it's confirmed for the biggest prize in our sport, but in but on Friday, we're going to wrestle for the other belt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nobody oh, even tries to <laughs> put that belt over. <laughs> There's a, a mini, actually, a mini segue on it, though, gets that. Do you think... Um, I think there's probably people are generally split on it. The impact model of, like, what what, you know, biggest title change you could imagine in impact for a very, very long time... Omega dropping the belt to Christian, having that on um, not their show, is that better than Moose fighting, I don't know who's in TNA these days, James Storm or someone right. for the title, what's uh, on their own show? What, what's your guy? Do you guys have any, have any strong thoughts on that? Do you think it's a good strategy for them? Or is it a bit, as Ross said, kind of tainting, seeing them as a, like a second yeah. belt? I mean, if it depends how Christian, like, is he still just going to be an AEW guy that just happens to have this TNA title, or is he going to be appearing on Impact yeah. full-time? If he appears on Impact full-time, I think that's a great thing for them. That's star, star power for Impact. I think that's going to do more for them than any Moose or uh, Shocker or whoever is in TNA at this point for winning the belt. So, <laughs> yeah, I think Moose, like, he seems like the guy. I, I kind of loosely follow Impact, but he seems like the guy that they've really been building up. So, I think... Him winning it would have been big, but he didn't. So, um, but Christian, I think, is a good consolation prize. I think. I think it's quite interesting because um, you've kind of got a situation where it's kind of like Rev Pro with New Japan, and yeah, yeah it's a good like, point. Impact should be a lot bigger than Rev Pro, but they kind of feel on a level playing field in terms of. Mm-hmm. Like, not many people know about Rev Pro, or if they do, they just know who the champion is and they don't watch the show, which seems a bit like what Impact has become. Yeah. I mean, I think that's an improvement from where they've been the past couple of years, because now at least I'll like follow it, like the highlights. I'll see, I'll yeah. like follow loosely what's happening before. I didn't, I didn't care what was happening on Impact, but I think people are starting to at least have it in their minds. And I yeah. think if that keeps progressing, hopefully Christian being champion, maybe that'll keep building them. Um, because like people will say, oh, what is this AEW Impact relationship? What has that done for Impact? I think it's done a lot for Impact. I feel like they've gained a lot of momentum in the past few months. And yeah, I guess, I, I'd agree. Yeah. I guess that Christian is going to lose it all out. So that kind of gives him breathing space to kind of have a break on AEW for a bit. Yeah. Cool him off um, and let him be on Impact for a while. 100%. I agree. Yeah, I think I think it works for all parties. I think it's a I think it's a good move. I think it's you know how many viewers will they lose as a result of people saying oh you know the weakening the title maybe about three. How many maybe. viewers are they gonna are they gonna gain from the exposure? Considerably more than three, I'd say. So yeah, it's a, it works. At the um, and then they had a, a sec, the, the the second match on the card was um, there. I think mainly for a feel good moment of Miro. Uh, beats up Fuego del Sol, but then he gets his, his full-time contract, which is, yeah, nice. Nice to have, uh, like, a feel-good moment there. And then you had a, a massively over Britt Baker in mm. the in the main event in a in an okay match with a 
maybe slightly sub okay, but it it did what it was there to do and and give Brit Brit a bit of shine. But. What was your thoughts to Jamie Hayter? Because it looked like she was Becky going Lynch. to. I'm pretty sure it was Becky Lynch that interfered. With <laughs> I saw that a lot of people were like, "Oh my god, Becky's all elite." Because <laughs> um, it looked like she was going to Enfield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looked like she was NXT UK, wasn't it? So yeah, I, I mean. Good honour. And obviously, you know, hugely high profile debut, the closing moments of the debut and something about her. Um to her. She she seems a talent. She carries herself well. I think, yeah, good addition. And you know, I think to be honest, no, no disrespect to anyone mm. on the NXT UK roster. You know, me me and Ross are obviously big fans of a of a lot of people there, but it's it's not exactly a, a place full of buzz outside of whatever Walt is doing, really, is it? Yeah. And she's got herself in incredible shape, hasn't she? Yeah, yeah, she looked, she looked fantastic. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, the AW Women's Division—it's a weird thing. I don't know if adding more talent is what they need to be doing, but you know, all for for her. I mean, it's good look for her. Uh, Britt Baker, I think, is—I don't know. I'm—I I, want to like join the hype with her, but for some reason, it's just not clicking with me. She, she seems kind of like her matches. Like you said, it was just okay. I think Britt Baker is somebody who, if you put her in there with somebody who can have a great match, she can she can hang with them. But I don't think she's going to ever bring anybody up, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah. I think that's fair, and I think that's and again, I think you know it's it's great seeing over stars, especially kind of ma- made in places. But I think you're right. I think there is there is a challenge of, of having a champion who is the person you'd assume is going to be having the longest form matches in the division who is, again, reliant on the dance partner. It's like, how do you, yeah, yeah. finally, if, if they get someone who is not at the level of a, a Shida or a Rio or, or let's say whatever, a Thunder Rosa, um, that they want to put in a main event program with her, it's not, it, yeah, it's going to be a problem having that in a kind of a 10-minute plus match, as, as we kind of saw in that main event. And it's not like it stunk up the building or anything like that, but it is a, you know, on a match that had that Omega Christian cast, it, uh, it made sorry, kind yeah, of like yeah. The match, it's a, it's not the, it's not the same quality, is it? Right. Do you, on on that, it's interesting. I, I actually think that the AW Women's Division there, what they've basically done really since since day one is we'll just throw a bunch of stuff at the like the wall and see what sticks. That there, there hasn't seemed to be like a. a a particular strategy like it looks like they have done in other divisions it's like we'll get a bunch of talent of different kind of skill sets and different ability levels see who gets over and run with it mm-hmm. it's not been it's not been a terrible model for them it's kind of worked but it's you're right it's a bit continuing to do that you can only go so far can you really yeah it's all about the follow-through too because like throwing stuff that sticks like i feel like take conti stuck but i feel like she hasn't been on i guess she's been wrestling on dark elevation stuff like that but nothing really meaningful uh jay cargill same thing um but they have time i guess but uh, they have the talent it's just a matter of uh building stories throughout the show which seems like that's kind of few and far between with the women's division yeah i agree um and then on the did did either of you guys catch nxt still haven't seen nxt this week i've seen like 80 percent of it i think the show that they're building to number thirty six or whatever is is the hottest that it's that we've probably seen in a while, right? But um and I'm you know, I like NXT more than the probably more than the average person, but it just does doesn't feel very buzzworthy, does it, still, compared to the other stuff that's going on. 
Um, and yeah. my, my main take was it, and, and I know it was um, it was a last minute decision because um, of a of injury, right? But because um, Dakota was supposed to fight, fill it in for me, Ross. My brain's just gone. Ember Moon. Ember Moon, of course. Yeah. So so Moon, Moon can do it. So they did Saray, and I jobbing her out to Dakota in short fashion, I'm not sure is the smartest thing in the world, but um, yeah. 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 What, what did you think of the 80% you've seen, Kyle? Because you've not seen uh, the main event of Punk uh, Danielson, have you? No, man, I didn't I didn't get that part. It's weird, you would have thought I had seen it on Twitter or something. Yeah, I got to Boa and I was like, you know what, I'll finish this later. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, it was good. Yeah, I think... Uh, they're definitely in a weird spot, especially with all the releases recently. Um, but, you know, on one hand, it's kind of disheartening because it's very clear that there's a lack of synergy between NXT and, you know, the higher ups of WWE. Like they have somebody like Tyler Rust, who's in the middle of a storyline. And it's like, you know what? Never mind. You're out of here. Bronson Reed, same thing. But if it is true that they're going back to their roots, I think that can only be a good thing. Because like you said, it's been like a solid show, but there's not no buzz. It doesn't feel like there's like a heart to it, um, even though like mechanically everything's great. But um, I'm trying to remember what happened. I can't even really see the fact. I can't even remember what happened last week on NXT. Like nothing really stuck out to me. I remember I'm Dakota sure. beating Saray. Um, what else? Have there some Cameron Grimes, uh, LA Knight stuff, which that that whole that whole storyline's been great. That's that's a diamond in the rough for sure. Um. What was the main event of the show? Was it Dunn Dun and um, Oh my Dragunov. god, yes. Of course. Yeah. I heard that was a great match. I need to watch that. Thank you yeah. for reminding me. I'm going to do that. I'm going to get off right now and actually watch it. <laughs> I'm just going oh, well, well, Actually, if you actually know, it'll be a spoiler for you, but Dunn Dragunov do maybe cross paths possibly in a promotion that you may or may not be covering. Right. So, <laughs> I'm sure they do. So in um in in sixty three chapters, you're gonna really enjoy that. Oh, okay, well I'm still at Dynamite Pete Dunn in my watch through, so got a long way to go with his jean jean pants and his gauges. Yeah, um, and his flesh yeah. is. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think um, so. That's yeah, but 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 yeah, basically, I think I think you summarize that that spot on Kyle it's just there's there's definitely good stuff in it there's a bunch of talent there but there's not a lot that's getting me get me giddy but I think that I think I think 36 is going to be yeah should be should be exciting I think they just need to get out of that CWC honestly it's like Mm -hmm. a I don't know, aesthetically it looks cool, but it just seems like the crowd. I know there's like the COVID protocols that everybody needs to go through so I'm sure that tires everybody out but oh man don't know yeah, but, but I think you're right. I think, I think the move back to the the tape, like the probably the, the taped format. I don't know if they'll they'll keep it two hours. Yeah, I, I hope it works. Because obviously, the, be, the the probably the best days of NXT were taped. But I don't know if like because now they've done live and tried to be a proper show. If going back to that, if it'll work, if it will be like the old days, or it will just actually be the the worst stuff of NXT now, but without the excitement of it. What do you think, Ross? Because you've been like, um, well, as you were saying on your, on your show last week, the NXT and from the start was one of the things that kind of re-upped your wrestling fandom. So. Yeah, big time, yeah. Um, yeah, it's an interesting one with the, with the taping situation because 
a big part of the excitement of AEW is the constant shocks and the constant surprises. And you're just never going to have that with, with NXT now, are you? Because people are going to be like, here's what happened on the taping. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. No, I think, yeah, that's... AEW, that's one thing they got going for them is like you turn it on and like at any moment something amazing could happen. You don't really get that with Raw, even SmackDown, NXT. Even though you get some good stuff on those shows, it's never you never feel like on the edge of your seat. At least I don't when I'm watching those shows. Yeah, and we've spoken about it on the podcast and how like they've they've been kind of dirt sheet friendly, where they've they've like managed to hide a lot of the cool stuff that's, that's happening, which is something that WWE don't do. They they do the exact opposite. They actually know that they're going to get dirt sheet stuff, so they announce it two weeks in advance. Like, this cool thing yeah. will be happening. Yeah. <laughs> do, do we, do, well, talking about cool things that are happening, as probably next Monday will be after the first dance, um, we've tried to avoid talking about it too much on this podcast, apart from that one segment we did. What... Um, how how giddy are you guys on a scale of uh, one to a hundred? About the first dance, yeah. I'm yeah. I'm pretty at this point. If CM Punk doesn't debut, it's like it's gonna be. I hope it's either gonna be that or MJF comes out to cult of personality. It's gonna be one of those two things. So either way, though, it's gonna be great. I'm I'm, I'm hyped for it for sure. Would, would, would you take Shane McMahon? <laughs> the best in the world. The best in the world. Oh man, yeah. I would. That'd be my number one choice, actually. If I had to, if I had to pick. I hope he does. Say, I hope he also does the thing of like it said best in the world on the contract, but and it's like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now they're in his turtleneck. <laughs> well, what do you think, Ross? Yeah, I'm. I'm massively high on it. Um, if I can get my internet to to somehow show the program or watch it <laughs> <laughs> we might have to have like a like a zoom on friday so we can all help you set up your, <laughs> it's um yeah i mean it's again a really cold take but it's outrageously exciting isn't it did you see the uh tweet that we put out earlier of um cm punk just looks like john ham now <laughs> that's, that's a ridiculous compliment isn't it John Hamm's the same yeah it's worse <laughs> yeah I wish I looked like John Hamm I I literally had to do like a, tri- a triple take I was like I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure it's John Hamm <laughs> <laughs> I take John Hamm debuting on yeah <laughs> let's get yeah. it yeah the, what is it what would yeah what would his wrestling name be do you think Johnny Bacon <laughs> If he, if he debuted in 1995, that's 100 percent what his name would be. <laughs> Come out there with a pig helmet. <laughs> yeah, like Vader. Yeah. The, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, he could yeah, be the think... third. Um, he could be the third brother: Phineas, Henry, and John. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, yeah, I just it's really it's interesting though because obviously the focus has been so full fledged punk at the moment because I guess that's happening that the 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 Brian talk is kind of pushed to the side, but I mean, I assume the chat is still that that's happening in the nearish future, right? Next month or so. Well, I don't know. I don't, I don't really read the dirt sheets that, that much, but um, that was the, the talk originally was they were kind of coming in at a similar time. So obviously everyone's getting very, very giddy about punk, but what, I mean, what do we think? Dra- um, dragging it all out or and any thoughts? Yeah, I think, yeah. If you have punk debut at uh, the first dance, 
I think definitely all because when when is all out? End of August, right? Yeah, I think so. Time, I think. Yeah, I can yeah. see that. I mean, honestly, I don't think him Daniel or uh, Brian Danielson coming back to WWE. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility either. But uh, no, I think but yeah, if, if man, both those guys are there. I think long term, Brian Danielson probably is going to have the bigger effect just with the the programs you could have. Yeah, um, but that initial like CM Punk, like because I haven't seen him in wrestling in so long, it seems like a fever dream at this point. But yeah, that'd be incredible. So we'll see, man. AW has a buzz. Whether or not yeah. that stuff even happens, it has a buzz about it. I don't think yeah. he's coming back to the Fed because Nick Khan said no more midgets. <laughs> <laughs> He's a dragon. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, re- I really hope he um, uh, he debuts in AEW as America's tiniest dragon, Brian Danielson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually, I really hope he doesn't do that. Oh, you put it in the atmosphere. Now it's going to happen. Thanks. <laughs> it's all your fault. What be um, uh, what happens if it's uh, Punk's music hits and Braun Strowman comes out? <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! Now that's now if that doesn't happen, I'm gonna be disappointed. <laughs> um, yeah, the uh, but yeah, it's I think I think there's probably not a lot we can add there. It's just terribly exciting, I, and I'm yeah, I, I generally don't know the most I've been excited about something in wrestling. Um, so you probably ironically, and, and you know. Punk's not my favorite wrestler. I'm probably I am much more of a, a, a Brian guy. But I, off the top of my head, and maybe I'm missing something, but it is probably going back to um, Money in the Bank 2011 would be um, would probably be the li- the last time I was as excited about wrestling as yeah. I was about um, that. And you know, yeah, obviously, no, agreed. One one man. <laughs> One man constantly there, and and that's why I, I completely agree. By the way, Cal, I think the I think Dragon. It's so exciting. We 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 were talking about it. We talked about potential matchups and for them both a, a couple of weeks mm-hmm. back. And you know, you can just name any name and and Danielson, and it's like exciting. And there's a lot more there to to the Punk stuff probably. But you're right for initial buzz. Just CM Punk is so good at generating that excitement because again, the whole kind of it's such a obviously a cliche, but it's like, what's he going to say? What's he going to do? And all that stuff. So it's uh, yeah, yes, have a, have a promo off with him and MJF, or have the elite, all that stuff, and then. You know, with Brian, you have, you know, AW, but you also have New Japan. He could probably fluidly move it back and forth and stuff like that. So just endless opportunities for that. Yeah, I mean, don't, don't, don't want to get ourselves excited, but God, if, if, if Danielson's healthy enough to do a G1, um, him and Ishii and, I mean, just doesn't but Anyway, sorry, Ross, started, started having, a, having a bit of a, a fantasy to myself. <laughs> <laughs> do we need to leave the room? Do we need to give you a second? <laughs> Yes, that's okay. If I can just, I'll be back in five minutes. <laughs> five minutes, man. If you, yeah, you, you guys talk about Raw, I'll be back in five. <laughs> <laughs> um, so two things from me. Just quick, um, you quickly mentioned New Japan. I don't know if you if you guys saw this morning that show finally turned on you. No, no. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's hot, isn't it? Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, show. in quite a fun way where like um, Yo was in like um, Desperado had Yo in like a almost like a Wars of Jericho type move and uh, Show came in to, to like make to like make 
the save and then just stared at him and I shook his head and left the ring. <laughs> That's hilarious. I love that. <laughs> um, so it's not, like, it's not like he's particularly joined a, a faction or anything like that. It's just... Seemingly uh, not. No. Um, oh, wow. And, that, and then he gave him a, a, like, a like post-match beatdown. He came back into the ring. Oh, um, shit. After, after you yeah, tapped out. Interesting. Oh, that's something I'm interested in. Actually, I watch. You know, I've been pretty bad with New Japan recently, but I watch watch those. That looks those. like to me. That looks like a G1 run for show, maybe. Yeah. Before that. Yeah. Yeah. Be, yeah. I mean, he yeah impresses, doesn't he? When, whenever he's whenever he's given a chance. So. As long as he doesn't take Toriyano's spot. <laughs> Literally, they, they could get like the hottest the 20 hottest names in wrestling history and Yano gets a spot. He gets a, a spot above a card of Naito, anyone. Yano is number one on Gato's for the G1. Because who else is, who else is going to beat the best guys? <laughs> right. Yeah. Who else is he going to, who's going to beat John Moxley? <laughs> Yano uh, beats, beats punk. <laughs> <laughs> That's the dream match. We didn't know we needed Yano versus punk. <laughs> First match of G1, Yano beats Punk, Punk gets injured and does <laughs> replaced by Chase Owens. Um. <laughs> and then, um, secondly, I did watch SmackDown. I loved the um, promo with Roman and Cena. The mm. crowd absolutely loved Cena. Like, crazy how much someone going away helps because that guy was just so bland for, for so long. But and a, and in a similar way to what Autumn was as well, he's super over now as well, which is crazy. It's twenty twenty one, and and arguably the two most over people are Cena <coughs> and Orton. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, lo- um, love that. Um, thought the Shinsuke Apollo Cruz match was a bit meh for a title change. I thought it was going to be a bit of a longer, more exciting match. It was just a bit, yeah, two stars. Um, yeah, but um, something that I'm just really a bit annoyed about, and it's classic WWE. They they really pushed Cruz. They gave him a new character, gave him a, a whole new brush of paint, and it was working. And since WrestleMania, when he won the title, I think he's only had two title matches, both pretty unforgettable. They haven't really done anything with his character since. Mm-hmm. Massive shame, really, because. Again, it's a stop-start push in the WWE, and that's a massive reason why the likes of AEW are doing so well, because seemingly they can have people lose matches or lose feuds, but they do so and they gain something from it. Whereas mm-hmm. constantly in the WWE's book, like in their uh, book, they they just got guys like Cruz who seem to be moving on to something new and something exciting. And where is he now? Like, yeah. Yeah, Smack, SmackDown, I, I've just been unmotivated to watch it. I mean, other than the few, I saw the, the Cena, Rain stuff. But like Apollo, I feel like Apollo Crews and Big E were just facing each other nonstop for like several months. Then you have like Kevin Owens and Baron Corbin fucking around doing something. Um, Baron Corbin, he's, he's been entertaining, I guess. But uh, but yeah, I agree with Apollo Crews. I feel like once they gave him uh, Aziz, it kind of plateaued a little bit. Yeah, so weird, I think, I, think yeah. I guess the, the focus went more on Aziz and the... What is it? The uh, Nigerian nail. Yeah, like, that and became like, the whole thing. And a problem, and a problematic thing there is that you've got Omos on the other channel providing the same sort of 
character traits, but doing it in a far more charismatic, fun way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It always came across as a bit low rent um, Omos. Yeah. But hey, maybe that's a dream match they can build to one day. <laughs> Punjabi prison, two out of three falls. <laughs> but yeah, um, not, not a great SmackDown. Um, I actually quite like SmackDown. I like the fact that it's just two hours mostly. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, it's always a digestible show to watch, if nothing else, even if it can be repetitive sometimes. Yeah. But I, but I did think that um, Sasha Banks ended it pretty cool as well. Um, she comes across just like a star at the moment. Um, carries herself uh-huh. amazingly well to the point where she gets genuine heel heat from people on Twitter who just like Sasha Banks says that all of her matches are five stars. I can't believe it. But fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> She's better than Okada. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, like she's, she's brilliant and she lives that character seemingly, which is, which is great from a wrestling fandom point of view. Yeah, and I like how like the what, the two weeks they've had to build to their SummerSlam match, Bianca and Sasha has been a thousand times better than the months they had to build to their WrestleMania match. Like, I guess they figured it out. So yeah, yeah, that's, that's great stuff. And the match itself is going to be great because they're just mm-hmm. two great workers with good c- chemistry, aren't they? So hundred percent. It could it could go either way too. So yeah, the unpredictability yeah. of it makes it adds to it as well. Big time. Uh, have you, um, before we move on, have you guys seen anything more exciting stuff this week? No, I'll, well, I'll, I'll wrap up then with just a few mini recommendations. I won't talk too much about them. Um, Dragon yeah. Gate did a a couple of weeks back did a, a, a two nighter um, the uh, Kobe Wrestling Festival. Um, but first night was I think the highlight of it was the main event. Um, Casey versus Sean Skywalker. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the two, but um, it was a bit of a. It was good. It's a bit of a like a. Uh, I, I I I was really into to Dragon Gate when it was hot, but um, I haven't like God when it been when, when was that bit been even like twenty thirteen fourteen around that so time when but, Park was still there. The pre, I'm thinking pre Park or maybe maybe a very young pack a pre like. WWE pack was knocking around, but like, right, it, right. But, but before that, I'd, I'd say, um, with like the kind of, well, guys, I'm going to talk about in a bit, like BB Hulk and Shingo and uh, Naruki Doi and uh, yeah, Dragon Kid and all those guys. Um, the yeah, uh, but I've not seen a bit, but but those guys really impressed. That's kind of it was like a, it was like a, it was like face versus facey. I think um, I got the impression from it without knowing loads going into it, but it was like them both trying to outdo each other, and it got like some pretty intense spots. But yeah, really, really enjoyable match. Both guys, well, especially because Sean Skywalker's masked, but they both got over the emotion of the match really well. That that was fun. Um, Sean Skywalker then, well, spoiler alert, defended the belt the next na- night um, against Yamato, which I, I didn't see. But I did watch the main event of that, which was um, uh, Yoshino's last match. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys have, have come across Yoshino that much, but he was like always like the fastest wrestler imaginable. There was um, him and Naruki Doi had like sort of had a long running tag team and were kind of. Like when I think of Dragon Gate, I think of those two lads. Actually, no offense to Shingo, but I think of I think of um, Dai and Ishino, and they. Yeah, it was it was really fun. Like uh, tag main event, 
they had um it was those lads kind of doing it getting all their spots in and getting all their fun fun tag moves uh, against um bb hulk who was my all-time fave boy back in the day i had such a thing for bb hulk and i'm actually a bit sad that he had a lot of injury issues and i don't think he ever fulfilled his potential because he was just like so unbelievably charismatic in the early days of dragon gate and then he's um yeah now it's weird to see him actually he's just not he's i don't know he reminds me a bit of like somewhere between like raven and luther now oh no back in the days he was like a a bit of a heartthrob but he's still good and he wrestled well and it was him versus um oh god the lad from who took over the the red stable from pack uh ata ata i think pronounce it um he yeah and yeah both very entertaining bastard heels really taking over the, the pack mold of the stable that he left. And um, yeah, they just, after the fun spots in the end, they just beat the living shit out of Yoshino and pinned him and sent him out of the company on his back. Well, out of his career on his back. And it was a, um, yeah, a, like really enjoyable match. Definitely worth watching. Ross, you have to use the naughty internet, the Chinese internet to be precise, to get hold of it. <laughs> but it's, um, it's, it's well worth watching. And finally, um, the, the other thing worth watching is, Back in May, when um, Aussie Open t- uh, turned up in in the Sydney promotion, uh, PWA Black Label, they had a an absolute barnstormer of a match against Velocities, who were like the hottest Aussie tag team after um, after Aussie Open left the scene, and they have a, it's proper indie rific tag match, but just great, loads of fun spots, loads of yeah, just sick sick tag moves um having not seen any other aussie open stuff post davis injury how's davis looking great great um he is fantastic i don't know if he's anyone that you've um uh, come across kyle or if you come across aussie open um, they had they're basically big guy quick guy combo um as it says in the name <laughs> australia right, right. But they had a they had a massive run in Brit Rest, and they were it looked actually like because they they fought God on the British New Japan show, and there was a lot of rumours that they were going to go to New Japan. I think at the time, weren't they? And yeah, the, the crowd Sorry. reaction arguably was the biggest for that match, even yeah. though it was like fifth on the card. and it was yeah, they're great. Um, they're, they're a great tag team. Cal Fletcher's good at what he does. He's a he's a quick lad, though now he's kind of put on a fair bit of muscle. But Mark Davis is a big fella who does the meat slapping meat, but he's just a great all round wrestler. And um, yeah, so they, they had a they had a fantastic match. That's actually I'll send you the link, Kyle, because if you have time, it's a good introduction to them. But they've yeah. had some they've had some back there. Well, as you'll as you'll find later on in progress, they have some absolute barnstormers there, and I'm just really pumped for them as a tag team because they're going to come and do a bit of the UK run as well, aren't they, Ross? Yeah, they've booked for the um, anniversary show, aren't they? Yeah, for Rev Pro. Yeah, so I, did, I just can't wait to see them back in progress because they're they're incredible. Did you um, see that um, Rev Pro have got Will back on the card? No, yeah. against him, Doug. Oh right, Jesus, that'll be fun actually. Yeah, the um, the comments underneath the match promo aren't great, but. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> expected. I can imagine. 
<laughs> Man, did he ever get his revenge on Paul Robinson after Paul turned on him? <laughs> and progress chapter 13 <laughs> that, that's where i'm at so am i behind i might be a little behind that one drags on for quite some time <laughs> uh, you know there's worse things i guess skinhead paul robinson oh that's the birth of regression that's an exciting time yeah they just they got the name i'm in the chapter where they just started calling themselves that so yeah it's something it's something yeah very jealous of you at that that point in, in progress history <laughs> I have to bring you on, bring you guys back on, and get yeah, into some regression. <laughs> uh, um, um, chapter fourteen, um, Kyle. Does um, do they have um, the Omega as part of their Isaac Zersha? No, uh, there was a guy. No, there was somebody that came out in he one looked- of the matches. I didn't know who he was. That that very well may be who it was. Like, is he a bald guy? Yeah, he yeah. looks. He looks so much like how Karrion Cross does now. With his new... Um, okay. Yeah, I think that was him. I don't think I knew who he was at the time because he just popped in and interfered in a match real quick and then left. I, I thought like, he was absolutely incredible and he was <laughs> on like two shows and then left. And I don't know what's happened to him. Maybe he's oh, very <laughs> <laughs> I won't get too invested in him, I guess, then. <laughs> yeah, we'd been a bit disappointed if we came on the show next week. You had an eyes exertion tattoo. <laughs> if you do, you can just tell people it's Kenny Omega. Right. Yeah. See, it all works out. <laughs> right, guys, are you ready to jumping jump in some roundtable action? Let's do it. I'm ready. Yeah. Right. All oh, this is the wrestling should be fun roundtable. Insert jingle, Don. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for our main event of the evening. I've got absolutely no idea what's on this week's roundtable, so let's introduce the participants. We've got Ross the Boss, Matt the Brahm, and Kyle from the Apron Bump. This is the Wrestling Should Be Fun Roundtable! I'm going to get in trouble otherwise. Um, right, guys. So um, hopefully, again, uh, pull behind the curtain. We've got a, a couple of topics that we knew about beforehand. And then our special guest, Kyle, from the Apron Bump podcast, is going to drop a, a, a mystery one in that me and Ross oh. have to think on our feet. So um, let's let's kick off. We've got actually they're, they're, they're a bit of an interesting pair today, but I think let's start with guilty pleasures. If that's good for you guys, yeah, absolutely. Um, Ross, you're the you're the. I don't actually, Ross. Do you actually have any guilty pleasures? Because no, I just, I just wear it you just, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything even by your standards you're, you you see as a bit of a guilty pleasure? Or so my guiltiest of pleasures is that I go back and watch both 93 and 94 Survivor Series comedy matches. I watched the, the, um, <laughs> I watched Boink the, one where, King. I, yeah, I watched the, the, uh, King's Court one. <laughs> Wink, pink and dink. Tremendous. <laughs> and, uh, love it. Like, I just loved it as a kid. Like, if that match would have been five minutes, it would have been great. But unfortunately it was like 18 or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lawler's just fantastic in it. He's like Lawler carries that match. Like yeah. Comedy Hill, absolutely brilliant. Love him. Um and the 93 one, 
isn't as good a match, like in terms of, well, they're both not good matches, let's be honest. <laughs> um, the other one is uh, where Doink like plays a trick on Bam Bam and his team of the Head Shrinkers, Bastion Booger and <laughs> Bam Bam <laughs> face Doink, Doink Luke, Doink Butch, Doink Moe and Doink Mabel. <laughs> it sounds like a thing you just made up, but that's an actual thing that happened. <laughs> Um, there's, I think Bastion Booger gets pinned because he slips on a banana peel. Of course he does. <laughs> Why wouldn't he? That, that's and, actually the finish to my uh, favourite Danielson-McGuinness match. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the head shrinkers get knocked out by um, like fumbling around with a cooked chicken. <laughs> a, a cooked chicken. Okay. <laughs> That makes sense then. If it was uncooked, it'd be ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, both of those, I think, are my like, I know this is shit, but I want to watch them. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll leave, we'll leave Carl to, to, to main event this segment. Um, oh, no. My, <laughs> mine is a, a very different angle to that, but some that people just thought was ridiculous at the time, and I adored. Uh, how much cards remember Wrestling Society X? Ooh, a little bit of it. I remember Tyler Black, Jimmy yeah. Jacobs, and uh, was Jack Evans there? Yeah, Jack Evans was there. Um, Teddy Hart. Yeah, they had X Pac, um, yep. uh, Vampiro. I think it was like they had um, a god. Uh, he's been in loads of things, but Judas Macias. Right. That guy. Um, Ricky Bandero, is it? I think is his name. Uh, I think that's. He, um, Mil Mortes, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, the same yeah. guy. Yeah. Yep. yeah, he's done. He's had loads of gimmicks, sir. But yeah, he was in it, and it was just we actually. I thought, <laughs> I thought we did, we do like. Um, we've not been doing. We, we've not done one of these in ages, Ross, have we? But we used to do like Nerd Watch Wednesdays, where we just go back and watch random shows and then talk right. about them on the board. But I think one of the last ones was we did a Wrestling Society X one. And I forced the guys to watch it back, and I still loved it as much. There's loads of, they put loads of crazy like post production explosions on and stuff. It's absolutely yeah. ridiculous. The, the longest match is like four minutes. It's just and they and they edit the matches so there's basically like no rest holds. It's just like it's just it's like if if like if Heyman did even more coke, it's what ECW. <laughs> It was like absolutely insane, um, but yeah, that that's one of my guilty pleasures. Ross, actually, you you watched a, a, one or two. What was your thoughts on? Wrestling yeah, massively. Um, it was around about the same time that Jackass was on, wasn't it? On MTV. Yeah, I think you and are. It, yeah, and it felt very much like rest, like wrestling for fans of Jackass, <laughs> basically. <laughs> <laughs> It got me. I was watching Jackass. I was watching Cribs. Uh, what was Yo Mama? Oh, I was a big MTV kid growing up. Yeah. Um, I watched two whole episodes because we had to watch like an episode each because we did a whole retrospective on the blog <laughs> because there were, because each episode is only like 25 minutes or so. Uh, but, but there's about seven matches on them. <laughs> How many? Did they go more than a season? No. Oh, no. what a shame. Maybe it'll come back. Yeah, Maybe MLW they, will bring it back. <laughs> I think, did they have like an exploding piranha tank match on the last episode? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it was like a piranha, oh, sorry, an exploding coffin match, wasn't it? 
Oh yeah, the Prana Tank was, I think, on the undercard. <laughs> mm. <laughs> it was a dark match. <laughs> um, yeah, that's uh, that's one. The other one, I don't know if this is a guilty pleasure because at the time I thought this guy was like brilliant. Like I don't know if, if you how you guys found it like di- dipping in and out of wrestling fandom, but like guys that I thought were like maybe brilliant back in the day, and then when I actually got into like kind of more analyzing wrestling whatever and didn't really watch them back but just kind of just assumed everyone thought of them as like a shit hot worker and like maybe they had a great indie run that i didn't know about and then looked them up and realized that i was the only person that liked them but lash larue i adored lash larue and i thought he was going to be this like hot star and like didn't really do anything and apparently no i think apparently me maybe me and his mum were the only people that liked him (laughs) it's a guilty pleasure or like I just got I just got him really wrong, um, <laughs> like, so that's my other one. I assume you guys have got no hot takes on Lash Larue. So I'll I have zero takes that. on Lash Larue. <laughs> Are you talking Lash Larue as he was like by himself in a singles run, or are you talking about him when he was in the MIA? Yeah, no, um, Lieutenant Loco, I think he was, wasn't yeah. he? MIA with General Erection and all those guys. Um, the um, the <laughs> But no, I, I was much more of a fan of him when he was on his own. Um, okay. I thought he was just incredibly charismatic to watch in the ring. I, I think there's a an al- like an alternate universe where like AJ Styles was never born and Lash LaRue stuck to it and, and he became what we now think of AJ Styles. That's reasonable. That's how much I think of Lash LaRue. I feel, so, like, I feel like early Lash LaRue that, that you fell in love with, like 90, end of 98, start of 99. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I feel like there's a little bit of Jungle Boy there. That is a great shout, Ross. That's a really good shout. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. Man. I'm, just really, I'm just really excited that someone's on the Lash LaRue train. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very small train, but it's, it's chugging along. You're, you're, you're pumping it. With the... Start yeah, the conga. It's, it's, it's good to know, Carl, that we're not going to have any crossovers for guilty pleasures of yours being Lash LaRue. Yeah, that is not. I have to relook at my list, but I don't think that's on there. <laughs> so what you got? Well, um, <laughs> well uh, kind of along the same lines, uh, Don West from the early TNA days. Yeah. I, I guess just early TNA in general is kind of a guilty yeah. pleasure of mine. Um, it's a big part of my podcast. I'm going through the timeline now. I'm in like the middle of 2005. There's a lot of ridiculous stuff, especially in those days of TNA. But like, it's such like a fun watch. I don't know if it's a six-sided ring. I don't know if it's just watching like early AJ Styles. Uh, X-Pac fucks around in there for a little bit. You have like Kevin Nash over there being Kevin Nash. But even like the ridiculous Jeff Jarrett stuff, that's all great. Is that America's Most Wanted Time? Because I love yes. those guys. Yeah, no, they're great. They're like the best thing going uh, in the middle of 2005. Uh, who do we got? We got Monty Brown's there, of course. The Alpha Male, Abyss. It's just peak. I mean, they're like building up to the peak, really, because they're like almost where like Christian debuts in my yeah. podcast and my timeline. But yeah, 2005 TNA is great. I recommend it. How's How's Abyss like on rewatch? Because I remember him being like outrageously over. That, that yeah, time. he's he's like it's 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 weird watching him because you kind of know what he becomes. You know, he's yeah. Joseph Park, but yeah. I you kind of just watch it for a little bit. I just recently watched his uh his dog collar match with Raven. That's actually a really great match. It doesn't sound yeah. like a great match when you're talking about like 2005 Raven, 
but that, that if he if Raven knew how to do anything, it was how to have a dog collar match. And uh, <laughs> no, that, that's a great recommendation. Anybody, I think it's it's probably on YouTube for free at this point. Uh, at uh, No Surrender two thousand five. Um, but yeah, lots of good stuff there. Going, I don't even know if TNA is like a guilty pleasure, honestly, at this point. Going back to um, Don West, do you think that he's kind of the acceptable Mark Madden? <laughs> yeah. it was funny. I remember Don West getting so much hate back in the day, but I'm going back and watching. It's like nobody has more enthusiasm about a wrestling product than Don West does. Like, yeah. so it makes it so fun. Like, it could be the most undercard of undercard match. He's like, oh my God, I'm a This is insane. Yeah, but, I guess you know. maybe like bringing it back to 2021, it's kind of Pat, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, this, I could see some of it. A little Pat McAfee. I, I could see Don West getting on, on his desk and playing the guitar. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what yeah, other than that. Career like? Was it as good as McAfee's? Or? Oh, what was that? <laughs> what was, what, did Don West have a successful NFL career? <laughs> Not yet. There's still time. There's still time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, a few matches that are guilty pleasures. So, Vengeance 2003, the barroom brawl. Do you guys remember this match? I, I remember of it, but I can't tell you anything that happened in it. <laughs> it the, I mean, me, I, I remember a few things, but there was like a, a bar ringside and it was just a bunch of guys fighting. Like you had the APA there. Uh, Funaki was like drunk on the bar. Yeah. Uh, you had a uh, brother love was there. It was just mindless. The crowd wasn't really into it, but I remember watching it. Like this is just some silly shit. And I love every second that's happening in front of me. I feel I like, like that that would have been great booking if the pay-per-view was just going on as that was just going on. In- <laughs> <laughs> it was just like Billy Kidman and Rey Mysterio were having a match, but meanwhile, you have Brad Shaw and Funaki with a beer bottle. <laughs> um, I mean, that whole paper, I think that might be like the first SmackDown pay-per-view. I could be wrong on that. It's one of the first, if not. Um, and, all, and I actually went back and watched this match. We LC. Yes. From Extreme Rules 2014. Genuinely good. It is. Like, the crowd's like, oh, look at this funny stuff in the beginning. But ultimately, it's like, people are bumped. Like, you have Drew McIntyre and Jinder Mahal out there, which is hilarious in hindsight when you go back and watch it. But they're taking bumps through tables and ladders, and you got, like, the little commentators ringside. You have... Uh, <laughs> but they're, the Hornswoggle and Torito are working their asses off in that match. So it's it's genuinely good, and I would recommend it to anybody. Pretty sure that it was a dark match, wasn't it? it was yeah, like, it was on the pre-show. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Should have been the main event, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Change the name of the pay-per-view. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be quite uh, hard as a themed pay-per-view WLC, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't WCW try that? And they had, they had like a, what'd they call it? It was like the mini division or something. Yeah, I think you're right. Shame yeah, that didn't pan out. Yeah. TNA also tried that for, uh, uh, I think it was their first pay-per-view. They had um, Sangrita, oh, what's the guy? He's from Lucha Underground. Sagrada? Something yeah, yeah, Sagrada. Yeah. Masquerita Sagrada. Yeah, Masquerita Sagrada, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They had him facing some... Yeah, yeah. It was him. Like, he carried some other little person to a match, which was a thing they tried. But I guess they... Uh, crowd wasn't into it, I guess. Um, is that a guilty pleasure? You know, little people wrestling? I'll add that to my list. 
Yeah, that's that's all I got. All my other pleasures are just pleasures. <laughs> Good list. Um, the next. So I, I think we were um, second round table. I don't think gets its own jingle. I think we just jumped straight in. The um, <laughs> is unfortunately for fan of jingles, uh, but I think we're looking at blind spots. So kind of areas of wrestling that or, or promotions or, or whatever, whichever way guys want to take it, but that we aren't aware, aren't particularly aware of, but would quite like to jump in. And what would actually be quite helpful for this, for the, um, for any um, listeners either. Yeah. Drop us a tweet. Is that what they call it, Ross or a DM? Yeah, what what are these it. terms on social media? I only up on the my, MySpace. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But um, interact with us on social media. We've got an Instagram too, and probably a Friends Reunited. So just, yeah, messages if you guys have got any tips for any things that come up today for us noobs in these in these areas, because we would like to would like to jump in. Um, but I'll kick off, I think. Um, my first one was, and I don't know if, if either of you guys have had any exposure to this, but um, uh, world-class championship wrestling. So uh, Von Eric country. So Fritz's territory, which was, yeah, a lot of Von Eric and Freebird stuff. But I think understanding really hot too, because they, they they ran, I think at the peak, they ran at the, is it the, the Sportatorium in Dallas, which was like, and everyone said it's just like the hottest place to watch wrestling. It was like an old knackered building and with everyone just going absolutely mental for the Von Erics. And yeah, it's just something that I've, I've maybe seen the odd bit of, but I've never really jumped into and I'd, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd I'd really love to. Yeah, I've yeah. I've been a um I've been someone who's wanting to watch that. Um, if if there's anyone who hasn't started watching it, I would thoroughly recommend um the Triumph and Tragedy of World Class Championship Wrestling on the network. It's absolutely brilliant. It's probably one of their better documentaries. Is it on the cock? Um, I don't know because we don't have the cock. <laughs> oh, that's right. Who? Why am I asking you guys? You wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah. It's probably not. <laughs> you'll get it soon though you'll feel the pain soon <laughs> yeah it's um it's an amazing tale um world class championship wrestling um the triumph and the tragedy is a perfect term um it seems like they hit, they hit many many highs and very very lows mm-hmm. yeah i'm not too familiar i'll have to check that out i've heard of it obviously i like i'm aware of it I, i've never really gone back and watched it myself either yeah and um going back um to that as well um Dark Side of the Ring, um, there was one on Gino Hernandez, and he looks like an absolute character and someone that apparently was really good at wrestling as well. So I'd quite like to go back and see his stuff. Oh, yeah. There's a Dark Side on the Von Erics as well, which is good. I can but, imagine. But I, I actually think, again, I've seen, I've seen, again, a couple of the more backstage about it and, like, clips, but I've not actually seen enough actual wrestling from, from that period. But um, right quite inter- interesting um if you if you can come across that much is that a is that much more of like a do you think a u.s thing or is it just more the modern do you think american wrestling fans are also quite naive to it um yeah no, i maybe it's my generation maybe it's a little bit before my time because I'm, I'm 28 years old so i think that's you know before that's like before anybody that i've ever grew up watching was a part of it so that, that'd be my guess yeah I, yeah i mean and I think I think there is again. I'd be interested to see how much of it's actually on the network. But um, yeah, I know at one point there was a good amount. Um, so hopefully it'll eventually get on the Peacock. 
<laughs> on, on that, and I know we're going on a side note because obviously we don't. We've just got the network, right? So, um, what's how? I've heard some horrendous things. Like you can't like rewind live shows and stuff like that. Like actually, yeah. how, is it is it is it written? It's missing loads of content. Is it is it that bad? So they they've made you know they figured some stuff out because yeah, like like you said at first you couldn't rewind during like if you started a pay per view late you couldn't rewind to the beginning. Um, I think at least on most devices, you can do that now. Um, but that, yeah, that was a real pain in the beginning. Um, I know for my podcast, I watch a lot of like the old Rawls and Smackdowns and it took them a long time to add those, but that's all on there now. I think that they're almost everything that was on the network is on Peacock at this point. I think they're missing like, like some weird kind of side shows. Um, but other than that, it's just, it's just weird. It's just badly organized because it's Peacock. It's not, you know, built for WWE. It's, it has all this entertainment, all these TV shows and stuff. And then WWE just happens to be a part of it. And it kind of just like, for, like went with that formula. So if you want to watch like Royal Rumble 1995, you have to go to Royal Rumble season eight, you know, like stuff like this. It's like hard to find some stuff. Um, but other than that, I mean, it's doable. It works. Like I haven't really ran into too many issues um i'm going through the rawls and they cut out like they cut out the beautiful day uh video package for triple h which made me a little sad uh they cut out salt and pepper from wrestlemania 10 uh, 11 bullshit yeah which i don't even know if that's on the network or not but it, it, i'm a blimp peacock for that uh <laughs> but otherwise other than the lack of salt and pepper it's 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 workable for the most part well, well, my next, uh, my next guilty pleasure is I don't think there'll be any of this on the network. But um, obviously, you know, you're you're now covering uh, progress, Kyle. What you have happened for a while. Me and uh, Ross and I, big big Brit Rest fans. But old school World of Sport era British wrestling is oh, a period yeah. where I've seen like the odd the odd match. Funnily enough, more for kind of the work rate matches rather than the kind of the big like. Mick McManus and Big Daddy and all those guys, but like <laughs> I've seen seen a few of the work rate matches, but I'm not, and I don't know if it's even possible, but just kind of trying to engage it in some other way that's more than just oh, here's a good match. Like mm-hmm. uh, would be really interesting to know our particular series of matches between guys or whatever, um, or just yeah. yeah, or even just generally a good list of of top matches to watch. Because again, like I said, I've heard Regal recommend the odd thing, and I've kind of done a bit of Google myself and dipped in. And um, yeah, there was a, a really good um, a book on I think it's called The Wrestlers um, about about that era. And off the back of that, I was googling some guys. But yeah, just in general, I'm I'm a bit of a noob in that in that space. Um, do either of you guys see much? About, I, I assume. Kyle, unless you're a, a, a super anglophobe, you probably haven't dipped your toe too much into that. that <laughs> no. Well, when I think of world of sport, in my head, I'm picturing some guy in black tights wrestling a bear. Like I don't, I know that's probably not at all what it is, but that that's in my head what it is. But uh, yeah, I hear about I hear Regal talk about Nigel McGuinness. I hear him reference it all the time. So it's something I'd be interested in uh, seeing some good stuff from there. So I've probably seen more of it than I even thought I would because. It was on the wrestling channel back in the day when we had the wrestling channel. Oh yes, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and I would watch the wrestling channel an awful lot. Um, it was, yeah, for Kyle, who probably doesn't know, um, one of the channels that, that, that we had on cable was just the wrestling channel, like 24 hours of wrestling. And wow. It, and it was, but like they didn't have WCW or WWE. They, so they went down the like independent route. So we had, 
um, 1PW, FWA from Britain of its mm-hmm. current time at like 2004, 2005. Yeah. Um, it showed a lot of Noah wrestling. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Time as well. Um, Wrestling Society X. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, they bought that off MTV. <laughs> ah, yes. <laughs> um, and yeah, they, and then they showed a lot of the world of sports stuff. So I was watching like Dynamite Kid against Owen Hart from 1986 in Cambridge or wherever. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, and like um, I was a big fan of. Um, from those matches, in terms of, I'm sure you've probably gone back to watch them if, the, if, if you're into the work rate stuff, Brum, but rollable, but rollable Rocco matches are bloody great. Yeah, yeah, Rocco and versus Marty Jones. Like, yeah, yeah cracking stuff. Like, and, and, and interestingly, talking about Dynamite Kid and that era, I think there's, and I'm probably just parroting a William Regal anecdote, which is just, just my life, really, but um, <laughs> is, um, is I think that they were saying a lot of the a lot of the, the shit hot stuff coming out of like um the, the juniors in Japan around that time, you know, the um uh, original Tiger Mask and, and Dynamite yeah. Kid was th- their main influence was was that was was Rocco and Jones and those guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Carl, um as an NXT UK viewer and someone that actually watches the show and likes it, which is pretty rare. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> We love it, um, all, th- uh, all three of us here, but um, the Heritage Cup is largely a kind of mm-hmm. a nod to, to, to a world of sport. Right. Yeah, I've, I've gotten that impression. I think, you know, Nigel McGuinness does a good job at kind of like laying out the backstory and how, like, this type of match represents the history of British wrestling. And I love how they have that to kind of differentiate NXT UK from mainland NXT, so of, of U- the United States. So, yeah. yeah, no, I dig it. Yeah, I think it's been, been one of the biggest successes of NXT UK, actually. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember, and this is why you should just never go on the internet, and I rarely do. Apart from Ross, you need to maybe to, to watch some shows once in a while. But um, <laughs> was like I had a lot of people like which like reviewed it, and a few people ragging on the format and saying, "Oh, well, I think these guys would just have a better match in a in a normal match." And I was just really surprised by that because I think it offers so many different storytelling devices. And, and, and I know that the big criticism of it is just all the matches are two one, but like um, they, they don't need to be. And I think it does open up loads of chances because like especially like people like getting the breather just before they got beat you know it it means Mm -hmm. that you can have so many kind of matches where without having to resort to kind of silly tropes to to kind of have a a, a, like a a face lose but still be the the guy that should have won right so I, i i think there's so much potential with, with it and and yeah i was just quite surprised when i saw some initial negative reactions to it yeah like you had tyler bait and mark coffee had one recently which was two to one you had mark coffee get like a kind of an out of nowhere pinfall on tyler bait which is not something you'd see in a regular match probably yeah. Yeah. um so it offers that kind of boost for mark coffee um even some like the early ones i think dave mastiff knocked out uh, Joseph Connors, Connors yeah. which is just yeah. made, made massive look like a bees. So yeah, I, I totally agree. There's totally, there's different ways you can take it and it offers something different, you know, within the hour or within the weeks. So I, think the only stick person, out. I think the only person not to win a fall with Jack stars. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's not going to win anything, you know, so. <laughs> he, he, he ran do drop out of NXT UK. 
I was well into that storyline. That's my guilty pleasure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the artist formerly known as, no, the artist currently known as Dewdrop. Ah, uh, yes, <laughs> of course. And, and Jack Stars. I love that storyline. Um, uh, what I'll do, I think my, my next one is one that there is a chance to cross over. So rather than me just waffling on, I will, um, so Kyle doesn't have to main event again, I'll pass on <laughs> to him before we get to Ross. Um, yeah, so, I mean, my podcast, it's kind of like geared towards finding my blind spots and kind of going through them. But there, even with that, there are still uh, promotions that I don't really have time for and that I'd like to. Uh, one being MLW. Because oh, wow. um, I, I see, you know, Alex Hammerstone. Uh, there's a ton of great talent in MLW. And I feel I'm, I'm much, very much a completionist. So I, f- I need to, like, start from the beginning and see how they got to where they are and i've tried doing that but like the early days of mlw it's weird it has like tony Schiavone on commentary it's like kind of a dead crowd you have like M- early mjf and like mvp it's all weird you have low-key wrestling in a tie but one day i hope to kind of work work my way through mlw or maybe i'll just find just hop into it current day do you guys watch mlw at all ross is now going to be the current expert on mlw right yeah, so MRW is one of the ones that we get through our cable system, so I can watch that easily. So, oh yeah, yeah, um, I'm into that. Um, big, and I'm a big fan of the fact that they've brought in David Richards. Um, I'm a yes. massive David Richards fan. He's, I've seen his his recent stuff, and I'm not going to say that he's back to his best because he's not. But the more that he wrestles, he will be. Mm, um, yeah. And I saw that he's going to be wrestling Bandido at the next P, at the next PWG show, which is going to be. Wow! Oh, is that is that three menders? Yeah, oh, I've not seen the card for that. That's uh, oh god, yeah that that should be that should be a banger, shouldn't it? Be pretty good. <laughs> How's the uh, the Lucha Underground reboot doing? NMLW. Oh, Isn't that kind of what, they brought back Dario Cuarto. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just Best think it's a really good show. Um, they um, they've also got some some tie-ins with um, CMLL. Right. Um, so they do quite. Um, so they do quite a bit of uh, wrestling over in, in Mexico. So during the pandemic, Mexico seemed to just be like, "What pandemics?" So they were wrestling in front of <laughs> the crowds. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, um, MRW is a lot of fun. They've also um, gone down on the AEW route a little bit of going for the um, like old school people. They've got people like the Blue Mini in it at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Why wouldn't you? You know, <laughs> so it's quite take them to the moon. Um, yeah, of uh, <laughs> things, but yeah, um, yeah. They uh, over in. Um, I've got friends who live in the Middle East, and they're actually got a massive contract with Bein Sports, which is a, oh which, yeah, which has got like the Premier League and big sports um, leagues on that channel as well. And I think it, like, it does fairly well over there actually. So weirdly, it feels a bit like MLW's. Um, got kind of a thing that that TNA used to have where they were bigger in, in the UK than in the, than in the US. Right. That's they not a bad thing. Like a, they seem to get like a new TV deal every like week, MLW, it seems. That's all I know from them as a promotion. Well, the <laughs> Jacob Tattoo guy that people talk about a lot is number one. And number two is just constant talks about TV deals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they're what on Vice right now, right? I think yeah, they are in America. Yeah. Oh, okay, yes. Yeah. I don't know if they're... I don't know. Maybe moving to fight or something like that. But yeah, well, hopefully they keep growing. The yeah, more, the merrier. Vice was actually three weeks ago, which was 17 MLW TV deals ago. 
<laughs> it's hard to keep track. <laughs> yeah, other than MLW. Um, so as you guys know, I go through progress in my podcast, but I've also, I, I love European wrestling. So I've also started watching a bit of uh, WXW and uh, plan to get into OTT too. So I'm going to kind of go chronologically, you know, that I'm in 2014. So I'll, I just started the, uh, the 16 carat tournament for WXW. I'm going to keep going and keep watching progress. And then I think OTT starts at the, towards the end of 2014 or something like that. Um, so yeah, WXW and OTT are two promotions that I have not watched yet, but are looking for. I'm looking forward to getting into those. It's interesting that you've that you've gone for OTT. Is that based upon the David Starr and Jordan Devlin stuff? Yeah. So I actually stumbled upon this like a long time ago. It was like a like a pre match package. Yeah, it was like Walter, Jordan Devlin, David Starr. I had like all those elements to it. But it just captured me because it was like the production value was tr- like amazing. Like I had no idea who any of these guys were, but it like made me hype for this match. <laughs> and like from what I understand, like that's like the definitely by by far the best thing they ever did. But um, but yeah, I've, I've looked over some of the cards, some good talent. I think Pac runs through there, the British Strong Style. So yeah, looking forward to check that out as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's definitely um thought of um high, much higher in terms of match ratings than um uh, icw yeah i tried watching icw because it's on peacock weirdly <laughs> i guess it? yeah <laughs> so there's actually so there's this guy do you guys watch love island at all i might have even asked you this before on my podcast i think you did and the answer was no <laughs> okay it's still no <laughs> haven't gotten into it but uh on one of the first I think it was season two of the UK version. Are you going to say about Adam Maxted? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. He wrestles for ICW, I guess. And I saw him. He was like on the thumbnail. I was like, I got to check this out. And it was, it was alright. Yeah. It looks like he's about to be um, wrestling soon enough for both Progress and Rift Pro. Is 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 like the British Love Island? Is that big in the US then, Kyle? Or are you just? Well, there's a US version of Love Island. Um, okay. So we're only. We're in the middle of our third season. Uh, UK has had like seven or eight seasons, uh, so it took us a while to jump on that train. But man, I've me and my—it's not just me; it's me and my fiance watching it. Uh, we've watched all the UK seasons except the most recent one, all the Australian seasons, <laughs> and all the US seasons. So uh, yeah, it's it's a good watch. It's a good watch if you want to watch it with somebody and make fun of the people. You really are watching. a c- completionist, aren't you? I, I really am. You can't just watch one season. I did. I, I was like, let me turn this show on. Look how ridiculous it is. And then here I am like a year later and 12 seasons in. Yeah. It's, um, and it's also like, it's quite easy for you. Cause like the same rebuttals to the criticism about, about the shows like this, it's like, Oh, it's fake. They all know the results. It's just mm-hmm. that it's just the same people what we're saying about wrestling in the seventies. Right. Right, yeah. <laughs> so it all, it all comes back to wrestling at the end of the day. <laughs> Talking about um, WXW, um, it's, it's, it's quite interesting, isn't it? Because arguably the biggest feud in wrestling this, like this, this past few years has been Dragon or Volta. And yeah. that grew in WXW when it had a really cool storyline that was based around geography, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, where Dragunov was a Russian living in Germany and trying to be like accepted, basically, mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, in um, in 
um, in Germany, and the fans took to him amazingly well. Um, there's a, is it um, during Carrot, Matt, where he makes his comeback? The return. Um, yeah, I think it is. I think it is. Yeah. And that, if you, that is that pop is outrageous, isn't it? Yeah. It's like yeah, night. Is it like night two of Carrot. I can't remember, but yeah, that yeah. Like, yeah, it's absolutely outrageous. Yeah, it's it, it's it's a bit weird because like. Because it's Germany and it's WSW, a lot of UK fans don't really give WSW the credit that, like, for example, um, Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate, Progress got a lot of the, like, pat on the back for that. Mm-hmm. But WSW seemed to not really get much props for the birth of Walter versus Elja. Yeah, yeah. And there's, they've yeah. just got to add a lot of... A lot of yeah talent there i think um yeah it's gonna be i mean like bobby guns i don't know what what his future's gonna be like if he's staying or whatever but i think well actually you know what we're, we're spoiling too much for kyle i think well, i think it's <laughs> is he next, related to billy gun <laughs> <laughs> is this another member of the gun club <laughs> i mean if there's if the segment next week is wrestlers that you want to slap in the face it is <laughs> the fucking gun club i hate them more than Anything um, I hate them more than I hate Lance Archer, and that is a big deal <laughs> for me to say. Fucking gun club, right? I was just in a I was in a good mood there, Kyle, and you've really ruined it. Just you don't like me- Colton Gun? You're not a Colton Gun guy. I, I, pref- I mean, Colton Gun is like the, would be the most obnoxious man I ever saw. He's got the most punchable face, but he's nowhere near as bad as Austin Gun, who's the worst human being ever born. <laughs> and, uh, I've never heard somebody with such a such a hot opinion on Colton and Austin Gunn, but here we are. Yeah, people say like, oh, like if you because it's all like it's the issue of like the butterfly effect. Would you? There's actually a pretty good easy holiday read novel by Stephen Fry about it called Making History. But if you could go back in in, in past and like like I don't know, do something to the water around Hitler's mum and dad, <laughs> wouldn't do it. And it's like obviously there's there's loads of because it's like, what about the political history of Germany at the time? Would someone as bad have turned up? I think when it comes to Austin Gunn, I wouldn't think twice. I don't think, even as bad as Colton Gunn is, I think I don't think he could get worse human being than Austin Gunn. I think also, it's the future. What does it mean? You know, is he going to, is he going to be like, bring down the world? Is he going to be like, is he going to be the next president of the US and they're going to bomb China and create World War Three? I mean... I'm not. I'm not saying it's definite, but I'm saying it's something that people should be looking at. At least ninety percent likely, I think. <laughs> He's a blast, man. <laughs> I think, um, Dom, feel free to edit that out if you think it's going to put me on like an FBI watch list or something. But... <laughs> I think it should be fun with Bram again. <laughs> hey, got, like, you've got to give me credit Ross how positive was I about Super Dragon two weeks ago I'm allowed yeah. to uh, really negative about something. Uh, yeah. sorry to derail that guys have you, no um, I'll, I'll let you have your moment I know you gotta, <laughs> you gotta get your anger out somehow it's fine don't mind me um, so, so Kyle apart from um, the the Swedish series of Love Island that you've not watched yet. Is there any other areas that you want to jump into? <laughs> I think about covers it. You know, Japan. I'm always looking to watch more 
you know, new Japan, even like old school, all Japan. I'd love to really get into, um, but it's kind of, you know, towards the end of the queue for me nowadays, but you know, I try to watch as much as I can. I've actually, I did a, we, we didn't actually turn it into any, any official WSBF content, but I started doing a, um, a guide to the, to all Japan for the, mm-hmm. for the guys, which was just basically like a, an explanation of like, like chronologically. So I took a point in time that I thought would be a good starting point, shared some YouTube videos of the matches, gave people context. So, and yeah, I was yeah. a bit early. So when, um, I think probably when my, my kid starts at the at nursery soon, I might have a bit more time and, yeah. and re- restart that. And I'll, uh, I'll get you in on the link so you can, you can catch up. But, um, absolutely. That's, um, that's, um, so that was a bit of fun. Ross, wasn't it? Matt's doing himself a, a disservice there. The writing that, that, uh, Bram did for, for like, so like each, so like each, each week we had like a new chapter of all Japan with, mm-hmm. with, as, with like, as Matt says, like full context of, the cultural stuff that's going on, the the political stuff that's going on, then the matches themselves. Wow. And yeah, he did it for like 15 weeks. Um, amazing, amazing, like journalistic stuff. Um, I wanted to put it on our blog. I don't think Matt was ready for me to put it into the world's <laughs> arms <laughs> just yet, but um, it, just but, absolutely, a book. but it absolutely shouldn't be just seen by eight people. Like it's so good. Oh yeah, that sounds like I'd be into that for sure. Yeah, I'll leave you in, man. Um, yeah. The, um, all, 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 all about self-promotion. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. And, um, yeah, Ross. And um, so if you want to you main event this slot, what, what, actually, do you, do you have any, 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 any blind spots, Ross, the amount of wrestling you get through, mate? Yeah, I've got loads because <laughs> I can only really watch stuff where, it, where I find it easy. Like having to yeah. go onto like, a website and put in a name and a password can't be asked. <laughs> <laughs> Give your social security number. <laughs> um, yeah. But R- I do contact Nigerian princes for most of it. <laughs> <laughs> but I do have Honor Club, so I do pay ten pound a month to Ring of Honor. That's pretty heavy. And I just don't use it. I just feel like it's a bit of a pity, like ten pounds that I give them every month because nobody watches them. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that is something that I did try and watch I like I tried to do what um Kyle does and I tried to go from one upwards and we actually started a podcast me James and Dom with with the idea that we were going to watch all of the Ring of Honours because James pretty much has all of them on DVD up until 2008 or something yeah yeah um I know Dom was on your show. yeah Dom Dom has the link that I sent him so yeah. that has all of them if you ever yeah. if you ever interested Oh, I can re- I can re- I can resend it to you guys on Twitter or whatever, but yeah. yeah just, I mean, yeah. the 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 store that I bought the shows from, I have all the DVDs. I didn't find them on a Chinese YouTube at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we actually watched the very first show, and that podcast is somewhere in the stratosphere. I'm not sure where it is, but um, we, but, uh, but we called it Ring of Ghana. <laughs> 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 and um, yeah, the very first match was like. I can't remember the names of the teams. You have to forgive me on that side of things, but it was like, um, it was like, like two, like homosexual wrestlers. Christopher Street Connection, Buff E and Mace. That, that like started the show, kissed in front of the crowd, who then called them like the F word. 
mm-hmm. and then some like nasty men came in and beat him up and then everyone the hit squad <laughs> not the hit like, squad the hit squad <laughs> and then I was watching it being like I was expecting to watch like some technical wrestling <laughs> <laughs> yeah the early days are a bit rough um, I mean I've I'm just about done with 2002 at this point and honestly they all they kind of blur together like if, if you watch them like back to back I could see them very much blurring together I, I, I kind of like have a break of a month or so in between yeah um, but yeah once you get in like 2003 2004 and they get out of that that basketball court rec center like that's when it starts to uh, become much more watchable. Yeah, I do remember but, watching quite a bit of it because that was another promotion that we had on uh, the on the wrestling channel. <clears throat> um, we didn't get the pay per views, um, but, but but we got like the weekly shows. Was it like HD Net or something? HD Net. Yeah. yeah. That that that's kind of when I started tuning out for whatever reason. I don't know why. It felt kind of a uh, felt big league. Yeah. And not, not not as underground. <laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah, so there's that, and then the other one for me would be um, something that James did a great job on the on the blog a few years ago. Um, he was someone that was following Stardom for us, mm. um, and it always sounded amazing. Um, and and he'd and he'd hand me the links and stuff, but I just like could never find the time. But it looks amazing. It looks like it's a fun promotion and also a good work rate promotion. It seems like. Like obviously NXT took a lot of the talent and they've proven themselves to be pretty superior to a lot of the talent in the West. And it seems like some of the talent that they've taken over to the West aren't even the best ones. So I do mm. want to um, get involved in that, but it does seem a bit like a treasure trove of there's so much content. Um, I know sometimes, Brum, you pick and choose matches, right, from, from Stardom? Yeah, my, my experience with just how I consume wrestling now is um, I, like, AW and NXT and mostly NXT UK, I do I do follow um, quite regularly. And then the what I do is I just go on cage match every week and then just look at the past week and see what's the most um, like highly rated matches and then go on the Chinese internet and watch them. And then <laughs> I, <laughs> which I, I mean I, I then do order the DVDs when they when they when they come online. Definitely, um, <laughs> I definitely do that. Um, the, <laughs> uh, but, and quite a lot of it is is Joshy content, and but I don't. The problem is I miss out because I, I know bits like the world's sad. I know a few of the like the, the maybe the top stories, or, or I know kind of who the wrestlers are and a little bit about them. And but it's just like they're just fucking mad. Like they just beat the living shit out of each other. Like and they're just these tiny ladies. Like, <laughs> I, I hope that doesn't come across as misogynistic. It's not meant to, but like it's just kind of like they like they just look like nice ladies not not particularly like stacked or anything like that like um and they're just like looks i I mean unless they're just very good at faking it and being very good wrestlers but it's just like they're just smacking each other like dropping each other on the heads and it's like fucking hell but it's it's they're brilliant at what they do um like and i you know i've gone back and watched a bunch of the kind of classic like um AJW stuff um, and the or JPW as well, like sorry, JPW isn't it? Um, like all like and with with those like Manami Toyota and and all the mm-hmm. and also and uh, Aja Kong and and all those guys. Um, and it's like and it's always been that way. It's been like for thirty years, just like tiny Japanese women beating the shit out of each other is incredible. Like it's yeah. 
Yeah, and 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 I'm with you, Ross. I'd I'd love it if uh, if James did a similar thing of what what I've done for all Japan for for, for maybe for stardom because I'd really like to watch it with with a bit more context. Yeah, for sure. Um, talking of Joshi, um, a bit of news for you, Matt. Have you seen that? Um, oh, what's the girl called who um, like does the Freddie Mercury stick? Oh, oh uh, um, uh, the is it like uh, Mac- Mackie's something? No, 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 not Makito. It is my brain. Oh. Is it like Emmy Emmy Sakura? Is it Sakura? Sakura yeah. um, no, that's May Sakura, and it's Emmy Sakura. I think, and Emmy okay. Sakura is the one who does the yeah. Oh, right, right, right. She runs. She owns. I think. I think. I think she owns and runs Choco Pro. That's right. Yeah, which is a um, crazy promotion. It's just run out of like just, a small thing. She's just um, noted on her Twitter that she's coming back to AEW. And, oh, that's cool. Yeah. And she's bringing your mate Lulu Pencil. Brilliant. <laughs> so, yeah, so Lulu Pencil, I watched had a 30-minute Iron Man match with Chris Brooks um, the, other, the other week, Kyle. Um, and Lulu Pencil is my wife actively hates um, <laughs> wrestling. Like, she likes football or, like, soccer in, in your terms. So yeah. um, we bond very much over that. But, like, she just, like, despises wrestling. I managed to drag her along to one show. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a pro wrestling Eve show, which is I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but it's like a um, it's like an all all women UK promotion. Okay, I think it's dead now, right, Ross? Is that right? Or no, it is coming back, but it's in the oh, process of back. going through a load of me too shit. Okay, okay. Mm. Um, the um, <laughs> you can edit that out if you want. Dom. <laughs> <laughs> it's just going through some me too shit. Um, yeah, I'd edit that out. <laughs> um, the, um, uh, but yeah, so I took her to a pro wrestling Eve show and she just hated every minute minute of it, apart from Lulu Pencil, which she was just thought was absolutely fantastic. So <laughs> if I get Lulu Pencil on my TV, I might be able to persuade my wife to watch another wrestling match. In, in she's, wow. She's probably about six stone, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, like, it's just... Re- but that's her gimmick, that she can't really... Is that a anything. lot? <laughs> How many pounds is that? <laughs> About three. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's sub 100, put it, put it that way. Ah, okay. 60, well, it's 12, 20, 84 pounds? Six down? That I sounds like a person. Pounds. Yeah. <laughs> Probably that not. sounds like Probably it could be a tiny lady. <laughs> done some bad maths. Um, the... Um, yeah, she's definitely sub atom weight or whatever the those <laughs> girls are. Um, but yeah, so I'm very excited about Lulu Pencil. Have you got any more, more Ross, or was it just mainly Joshi? Yeah, Joshi and um, Ring of Honor, really. And oh, I did course. note down, and I did note down world class actually. But you had them. Oh, cool. Yeah, the, the the only last one. I'm surprised it's not been touched on. But considering it's such a gigantic part of wrestling. My lucha knowledge is really poor, and I think most mm. people in the UK I find has got really poor like lucha knowledge. But I went to—I was lucky enough. I was in—I went—I I did go to a, a CMLL show in uh, Arena Mexico, um, and it was incredible. It was—it was actually like a, a genuinely like good and quite highly rated match. It was like the final of like the Reyes del Eras or something like that in 2016, and it was like what's he called, Babaro. Canavero, the caveman dude versus Volador Jr. And it was like exceptional. My wife was actually, she, she was there. 
and she did absolutely love that but it's just because she was completely pissed but um she like started like throwing coins at the wrestlers i was like fuck like you're gonna get wow. stabbed but um yeah. <laughs> sounds like gcw yeah, <laughs> like, yeah she's one of you know, all those fans that like like wrestling fans now say like are going too far that's like that's that's the lady that i'm married to and has parented my child so um, <laughs> <laughs> she's usually very nice a lot like but, um yeah just she got she got drunk and started throwing coins at wrestlers but um yeah it was amazing and i've seen like the odd match and and i i kind of know who the big stars are but like i don't yeah just know so little of it considering how like important it is to the kind of the wider wider wrestling world did anyone see any of, tri- of triple mania last night yes i saw the main event i saw clips from the main event otherwise yeah that's, that's about it though yeah it was all oh. right yeah, that, that, that's what I've heard. That it was good, not great. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. It was. It was obviously, those two are very good at wrestling, out there again. Old take. Mm-hmm. But I think it was like, oh my god, it's fucking La Sombra slash Andrade, whatever he's calling himself now, versus Kenny fucking Omega. You know, it was like this is going to be. It was a high bar. Yeah, and and I feel really sorry for the guys in that situation because it's like it's like when probably Danielson fights Omega if that ever happens at one point. I mean, I'll. I'll jizz my pants before they've even done a rest hop. But like, <laughs> still, like the idea that they're never gonna reach the bar that people are gonna expect them to reach. Yeah, it's just impossible. But um, yeah, it was a it was a bit of an issue with that. So it like, literally was. It's still worth watching because it's very very good and they're very very good. But I would just maybe dial down your expectations a little bit. At least there's Ric Flair involved. <laughs> yeah, at least we have Ric Flair and Kenny Omega going at it in the middle of the ring. Twenty twenty one. <laughs> yeah, that was that was that was a lot of fun actually. To be fair, <laughs> I saw that they had um, a Marvel Battle Royal with um, um, Brian Cage as Thanos. <laughs> of course, <laughs> I can't stand Brian Cage. I don't know what it is. He's just such a cornball. I don't. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I just loved. We, we we did talk about this before. I just love the idea that like who in aw and usually they're pretty good at these things so like right we're going to do a feud between like brian cage the man who just look at him like who identifies or sympathizes with that man right against ricky starks this like incredibly charismatic fella right who's like built like most human beings but well i mean he's not obviously he looks great but he's not like he's a guy that you think you know if i decided to live my life differently i could maybe attain that i am not attaining, <laughs> i'm not like attaining what brian cage looks like unless i start injecting horse semen into my eye like right <laughs> like is that what you um, think steroids are his horse semen <laughs> I mean, we're, we're behind the times in the in- you just go fuck a horse and then you just get checked <laughs> <laughs> i assume that's what it is um, yeah, it's, you know, give it a try, see what happens. <laughs> that's what that's what gender was like, wasn't it? The good old horse semen. But yeah. uh, the, uh, just uh, you cut that out, dumb. Actually, um, <laughs> uh, but I just like I just don't know how they looked at that and thought, oh yeah, we should make Brian Cage the face here. People are definitely going to cheer him over Ricky Starks. It's like what? Don't know, don't know. I mean, hey, he's he's only like five six, so you know maybe he is at a disadvantage. If you put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> look at it that way. So yeah, um, that's um, that's the roundtable. <laughs> <laughs> Always ends on horse semen. That's the rule, Carl. So we just tell you about that. 
Yeah, I, I got it in the script. Maybe make sure to end segment with horse semen. So <laughs> we figured it in. Shit, what am I on about? That's not the end of the round table, Ross. We've got... The oh, the mystery, mystery round. Oh, yeah. Of course. I even forgot about that as well. <laughs> <laughs> Botchamania. <laughs> to be fair, like we, we should be giving more work for Don. He's going to be very upset at the, the cricket. Yeah. Also, you, said, you said three days, Kyle. Dom's currently at the fifth day of the cricket today. That's too much cricket. That's a <laughs> lifetime of cricket for me. <laughs> right. So let, let's pretend none of that happened. So now, after that, we've got the the, the final the final segment of the roundtable, which is the um, the mystery slot. Well, what have you What have you got for us, Kyle? All right. So I have a backup. If you guys have already done something similar to this, um, but the mystery round topic is if you could pick one person to not have a career ending injury uh deaths count as well i suppose um but if you could pick one person to not have that injury or their career ended in some way uh who would you pick and this is strictly from a wrestling standpoint obviously if you had the choice you would pick somebody who died and make them not die but just from a wrestling standpoint who would you have their career keep on going that's a fantastic question no we've not done that before have we ross Nope. We've not brought anyone back from the dead. <laughs> <laughs> Until now. <laughs> well, well, we did, but that was our necromancy episode for Patreon users. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> Onlyfans.com slash wrestling should be fun. Yeah. If you, want, if you want hot takes on Austin Gunn or for us to revive an old relative, just please give us a shout on Twitter. Oh, okay. That's in high demand, I think. Austin Gunn takes. <laughs> um, my one is Probably Nigel McGuinness, um, which obviously he had. You know, he did. He did a lot of great stuff in his career. But like, I mean, if he just and obviously it's it's a it's a slightly complicated situation and everything. But I mean, if he could have had that, I think, and, and I'd have been completely comfortable with where it went. And he's actually he's still what like forty five or something. So it's completely reasonable he could still be wrestling now. Like. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so that's like another realistically adding a decade on probably to his career, and that could have been like um, I, I actually quite liked that he ended up in in TNA for that that period. I think he was fantastic as Desmond Wolf there, and I would love to see more of that. Um, the but yeah, him him getting a WWE run, him being like a kind of a an older vet in in NXT, like there's just and and seeing him, I think more than anything, maybe I, I was actually lucky enough to see him in like. The kind of the the dark days of Britress, which was like when before progress, you know, started right. with a rough, like a kind of a rough time. So I'm in, in one PW, which was like at the time the biggest UK promotion. It was based in like in the north where I'm from. So getting to see him was was amazing because he's I mean he's just he's just a god really. But um, getting him to see in latter day Britress and him having progress runs against those guys. He was a, he did like a guest ref in early progress, which I think you've seen Kyle, but like, yes, yep. him have a run there. I, I just think, yeah, I'd, I'd have just loved to see him. And especially when you see obviously the, and it's great. He's obviously in an incredible space now, but you watch the last days of McGuinness and see what it did to him, how much he loved wrestling, seeing, seeing what dragon, you know, watching him have, have what he mm-hmm. thought was like, so bittersweet, and, and I just loved him to to have that. And um, yeah, so for me, it's McGinnis. Yeah, there's there's a great documentary that the network did on Nigel McGinnis that goes through all of that because yeah, like you said, he was going through all that stuff when Daniel Bryan was debuting and becoming a huge star, and to think what it would have been like if Nigel was inserted into that 
I mean, that could have been. Because even his later days, his matches with Kurt Angle and TNA are some of my favorite matches he ever had. So he still, he still had it, for sure. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. No, that's um, a great pick. He, like, obviously, as Carl says, he was on the verge of signing for the WWE around the same time as Brian. What would you have loved to have seen, like, from him in, like, 2010, 2011? Um, I'd, I'd have, I think, it, right, if I'm going to fantasy book this shit, I love Wade Barrett as much as the next man, but McGuinness running Nexus, like, and then, and beating Cena for the belt, if I can fantasy book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, nice. Just, but, but not, but not headbutting the, the, the ring post, probably. Maybe a little less of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Rossi. What about what about yourself? So I have um, I have two answers. One, one, one sadly through death, and one through injury. My death one would probably be Eddie Guerrero. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's a bit obvious, but um, not only because of the wrestling that he could have been doing post, um, sadly what happened to him. Um, also, I think that he would be a great kind of GM type character. Yeah, um, he, he's got amazing charisma. <clears throat> um, he could have been a huge part of the start of NXT, for example. Um, I just think that he's got so much about him, not just as a wrestler, um, and he proved that time and time again. And yeah, I don't think that he was at his peak. Obviously, in t- two thousand and five, was it that he passed away? Yeah, um, I would was- think for, maybe from a physical standpoint, because he was probably going to be my pick for this too. I think maybe not from a physical standpoint in his prime, but as from a character standpoint, I think he was hitting as hard as he ever did. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and like 06, 07, there were some pretty fun wrestlers that he could have faced that he, uh, that he never did. Off the top of my head, I think that him versus Umaga would have been a really fun feud. Ooh. Um, that is not what I was expecting you to say, Ross. But <laughs> <laughs> That's not, I've never heard of that premise, but I like it. Um, I just think that those two would have had amazing matches um and the uh, and the person who had to retire through injury for me would be rick rude um Ooh, yeah i what um i've been going back and watching um wcw 93 recently um and his matches that he's having against the likes of steamboat and sting Wyndham, absolutely brilliant um amazing character again um and someone that ended his career sadly too early i think 94 to 95, WCW really dropped off once Hogan arrived, um, largely um, going down the route of kind of more trying to be more sports entertainment, which is something that that WCW actively was not doing, trying to be different to the WWF. And Rick Rude was a big part of that. And I think that had he not been injured, then maybe he could have been been one of the wrestlers that could have made that shift less so. Yeah. Cause, yeah, cause he, for sure. Was, was he around what, like thirty-five when he retired? It was like, especially for those times, it was pretty, pretty young, right? Yes. Yeah, it was young. Yeah. 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 Really good pick. The name has just come to my head when you mentioned Steamboat Ross. This is a bit of a, it's kind of a stupid one, but it's just like it's because it's like a younger guy that I think that we um, that I mean that see seem interested to see where he landed, but Steamboat's kid. Richie Steamboat, 
I, I think I've mentioned mm. him on here before when we've talked about stuff, but I think he's an interesting one because he had so much, like, he wasn't like a, a great worker or anything, but he had like that natural charisma in, his, in the ring that reminded me of his dad. And I think he, uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happened to him if he, if he didn't get injured. I didn't know he got injured. What, what, was, what was his deal? I'm not sure. I assume he was injured. It's a concussion? I, I thought he just wasn't good. <laughs> he was injured by his own abilities. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he was injured. Like, I think it was a really severe one. I think it was something like, like he, some kind of like ruptured spleen or something horrendous. Mm. I'm just doing a, a quick, a quick. I view. believe you. Yeah, he's only, he's only 34 now, and he retired like eight years ago or something. Um, he um, this is what content is, isn't it? Just people waiting to hear me. Wikipedia, someone. Um, yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it, it was, it was through injury, a back injury. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know that. I think, I think yeah. I actually saw him in a dark match. It was like against Bo Dallas or something. But yeah, I haven't really thought about him in a while. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Could have really been something. Sorry, it's not. It's not the level of. McGuinness, Guerrero, and Rick Rude, but but it's right, just but no. That's a, like he never got off the ground. He could have been something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, so Carl, you said Eddie was was going to be one of your shouts. Who else? Would yeah, you, Eddie. Would Eddie was one that I thought of. Uh, Nigel is one I did not think of, which is a, a really good one as well. Um, but just to throw a new one out there would be Bret Hart. I think. I mean, we saw the run that Shawn Michaels had. Like in the 2000s, arguably his best work was done in the later half of his career. So I think Bret Hart could have had a similar trajectory had he not had that concussion. Especially with his style. You know, he's got a style yeah. that can work, you know. Here's, I mean, here's quite an interesting one for Bret Hart. Like, I'm, like, I'm a massive Bret Hart fan. Um, but I didn't pick him just because it felt like um, he was just kind of like done with wrestling at that point. Like, right. WWE almost like killed his love of it. And mm-hmm. also, obviously, he also had a huge bone to pick with the WWF. So, like, where do you think he would have gone in 2001 or whatever? Yeah. Like, do you think that he'd have gone to, New, to like, New Japan or, like, All Japan or... TNA, maybe? Huh. Put, him in a, put him in a Ultimate X match in TNA against AJ Styles or something? I mean, it actually could have been interesting if he wasn't, did go to, like, TNA at some point. Um, or if, if they, he buried the hatchet sooner with WWF yeah, and... like like for someone like if he was fully fit Brett and he had that kind of um um the chip on his shoulder with the WWF and he kind of saw it as a little bit like what Kurt Angle did when he left and like just wanted to yeah. make TNA as big as it possibly could because he felt like WWE didn't support him like that would have been amazing for TNA wouldn't it yeah yeah, because yeah, he he would have been like what probably like mid noughties. He'd have been, you know, Brett. But I mean, would, would that make him late forties ish? About that. So yeah. which is which with it? With, but with his style, like I think Brett could have, and because he's fucking Brett Hart, right? If he never had the injuries, you think Brett, if he was in shape in his late forties, could definitely wrestle in like maybe not five star classics or anything, but mm-hmm. definitely interesting match. Is you know like I I think I think definitely I think TNA would have been a would have been a good good spot for him but yeah early you know early noughties Noah I think he could have been oh yeah yeah some great stuff in there oh yeah absolutely Brett versus Masawa properly I know obviously we've had Bret Hart versus 
Tiger Mask 2 and stuff, and it was a bit of a disappointment. But actually proper, you know, Brett versus uh, Masawa in 2001. I was about to say, maybe um, you could put, actually put him under the mask of Tiger Mask. Yeah, I'd be all for it. <laughs> <laughs> so Brett, so, so obviously, so Ross is Brett Hart's biggest fan. You thought if you could get some extra time out of him, what you'd want to do is put him under Tiger Mask. Just <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> um, did, did you read in his book that he um, really slated? Um, um, what's his name? The guy who you just said who was Tiger Mask. Yeah, like was just like yeah, he was a terrible worker. <laughs> really. <laughs> Well, I mean, but, 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 but to be fair, like, you know, and, and uh, Masawa under the mask did have great matches, you know, against like Kobayashi or whatever. But like um, he, it, but generally speaking, you know, Masawa under the mask, it was a very, very different to, you know, what, what he became, you know, looking at 86 Masawa or whatever it was under the mask when, when he was probably involved about 86, 87 compared to, you know, 14 years later, 14, 15, 15 years later, which is what we're talking about as he's, as he's just forming Noah, it's, they're just completely different individuals, you know? Mm. I mean, but the, the issue is though, is that I think their biggest clash would be Brett is well known for being the lightest worker. Masawa, not so much. <laughs> like, right, so, it's a clash, yeah. Yeah, that would be the interesting bit probably. Who the, who the fuck are you, Goldberg? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be his whole gimmick. <laughs> Yeah, a lot. Yeah, a, a lot of people have said, haven't they, that Goldberg's the American Masawa? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, well, let's wrap that up and get into the main event, which is Booker Bingo. B-I-N-G-O and Bingo was his name. Oh. This is Booker Bingo. So from what I understand, we get two random wrestlers and then book a book an angle of some sort. Yeah. And and so what we're going to do, Ross, do we think, should should we let Kyle be judge or should we throw him into the deep end? Do you want to try some booking, Brett, Kyle? Uh, how about you, what do you guys go first? And then I'll get a feel for it and I can, and I can dive in. Yeah. Uh, who's on? Sorry, this is completely professional of me. Ross, is it me or you on, on who won the last one? Uh, the the last one I wasn't on. Um, it was the Super Dragon episode. I think Dom won actually. I, I think Dom won because because Matt had a nightmare. Oh yeah, yeah, that is what happened. Yeah, Matt's Matt's terrible run continues. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I reckon uh, that I reckon that maybe you do the the uh, sheet, tell us who it is, and then we'll do a three way. Yeah, fine. Yeah. Happy, happy. But but then but then who votes or do we just let do we just all have a a love in and have no winners? Right here we go. So guys, are you ready? Your bucket bingo for <laughs> is is an interesting one. You've got Tamina <laughs> versus Conan. <laughs> okay. Um, I'll go first. Why not? Um, Tamina versus Conan. 
how do we get to, to, to Mina versus Conan? I'm going to say that um, 1993, WWF superstars, it's a match between Jimmy Snooker and Max Moon, also known as Conan. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it's, it's all chosen by, um, backstage that Max Moon is the new guy in town. He's going to be the next big thing in wrestling. They spent $2 million on his suit. uh, (laughs) they need him to be the next big thing and um, they get to the arena Snooker looks at the match board and he sees that he's losing to Max Moon and he's not happy about it and he he actually comes over to Conan and he he lets him know that he's Jimmy Snooker, he's he's the guy that jumped off the cage at MSG he's the reason that that, that Mick Foley's a wrestler and no way is he going over to, to some guy in a spacesuit. And Conan, being Conan, just new to the new to the Federation, not 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 really sure what to do, does what anyone would do and goes to, to the big man and goes to, to Vince and tells on Jimmy Snooker. Jimmy Snooker, even though he's a living legend, family friend of the McMahons, you just don't do that in, in the business. So what happens is. Um, they go to the ring. Um, um, Max Moon has his uh, spacesuit, jumpsuit on. He guts. He he jumps onto the steps. He jumps into the ring. The crowd are mad for this gimmick. Then then Snooker comes out, and there's a big pop for his amazing theme tune as well. And people are ready for this one-on-one match. And what happens is Snooker thinks that he's like he's winning this match, but we get a um, a uh, Montreal type finish where um, Snooker gets 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 rolled up. Quick quick fast count from dangerous Danny Davis, and there's a huge thing on Superstars where um, at the, where there's the, the uh, screw job finish and Snooker leaves the WWF through it, goes to ECW 1993. The stuff that Carl's watching. Um, and becomes that guy who's on the fairgrounds and all that sort of stuff and finishes his career in a a pretty sad state whilst um, Conan goes on to be Conan as we know him then Jimmy Snooker passes away years years later and backstage at a show um, Conan is there and Tamina has not forgotten it and Tamina has been told through the years about Conan and what he did to Jimmy Snooker. So Tamina calls him out in front of everyone and says, I don't care if it's here in the parking lot or in the ring, I'm going to have the match that's going to um, give the redemption to my father. And I'm going to have the match. It gets spread across the news by Alvarez and Meltzer. It's it's all over Twitter. Team Tamina, Team Conan. There's there's rumor and innuendo about who is right and who is wrong, but then that, but, but but then there's a, a massive war in terms of who's going to put on this show and who else is going to put on this show. But our boys at MLW who are going to sign them both and uh, and they're going to sign an, a new TV deal through it <laughs> <laughs> on the wrestling channel <laughs> on the wrestling channel. <laughs> And it's and it's one on one, first blood match. Tamina versus Conan. Um, 
it's the main event of MLW New Beginning Part 402. <laughs> 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 and the match is, is what you expect it. It would be, it's, it's punching, it's grappling, it's punching, it's grappling. And then um, finally, Tamina manages to do the big splash and catch her knee by accident on Conan's forehead, making him bleed by accident and going over and putting <laughs> her and putting her father back in the good names of the wrestling fans. And as she wins, she does the snooker salute and there's nice feelings across the world. And what a journey. Good, good stuff. We'll give uh, we'll we'll give Kyle a, a bit a bit more extra time, and I'll I'll drop in then and, and throw something in. I, I I'm going to go modern day, right? And um, so WWE are just like obviously the um release re- a, a a bunch of uh, a bunch of talent recently. A lot of, a lot of people are against them. Vince has like finally started to have a look at the dirt sheets, and he's had enough of people slagging off his company. So it's like, right, we're gonna, I'm gonna do what I did before when I when I panicked. He's gonna swing around his leather chair, and it's again you're gonna see NWO on the back. Mm-hmm. But this time, we're not talking about the New World Order. We're talking about the Nia World Order, and Nia Jax is gonna form a stable of. Uh, <laughs> Her, Tamina, and Natty, and they're going to just dominate the women's division and dominate the men's division. They're just like the um, Nia is, uh, Nia Jax is both men's and women's world champion. Um, Tamina and Natty have got all the tag belts. You know, they've got the UK tag belts, they've got the women's tag belts, they've got both sets of men's tag belts. Just they're just dominating everyone because they are, you know, three hottest wrestlers of a generation. Of course. Um, the but eventually, like, um, not Hulk. We don't need him. But like, <laughs> Evan and Scotty come back and are just like, "This is bullshit." You know, we made the NWO, and you're just pretending it's all about Nia. That's that's not what it was around. Um, if it was like a, a vehicle to get over an egomaniac, it was a different one. Not you, Nia. And so they're, they're kicking off, but they're like, they're like, all right, come on. Well, you take us on then. Like, we'll, we'll kick the shit out of you old boys as well. And they're like, no, 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 we're, um, we, you know, we're too old. But what we'll do is we'll just try and get members of the NWO that can still just about go. So they bring in X-Pac, um, or Six. They bring in Buff Bagwell, and then they bring in Conan as the three last remaining members of the NWO that can just about work and have a huge six man, uh, battleground 2022 of, um, the new NWO, the, the Nile world order versus, um, an X pack led, um, him being the leader of, of that, of the new generation NWO of, of him, I say new generation, old generation, but him Conan and buff. um, Obviously, Buff and uh, Natty square off because they're the two technical aficionados and they, they do some good stuff. And it, But it's all about X-Pac and um, Naya as like the head honchos. That's what, what, what people think it's all about. But similar to, and to go full circle, to go back talking about 1990, 1991, all Japan, it's like the, the Saruta gun um, and uh, Super Generation Army Clash that though... You know, all the stuff is about Saruta Masawa. 
the um, in that classic six man they have. Actually, the the the, the feud that really blows off is when Kawada and Tawe get a hold of each other, or in this case, Conan and Nia Jax. No, sorry, Conan and Tamina. They're the ones that when they actually get into each other, there's no wrestling, no rest holds. They're just beating the living shit out of each other. The crowd are going wild. No one's interested in X-Pac and Conan. Uh, I keep getting the names wrong. No one's interested in in X-Pac and, and Naya, what they think the money feud is. Everyone is all over about what's going on between Conan and Tamina because they're kicking the shit out of each other big pull apart it's so intense that their own their own members are pulling apart because they don't know what's gonna gonna happen that match ends ends at a 60 minute time limit builds to wrestlemania neither versus x-pac but on the undercard is the match everyone actually wants to see which is conan and um tamina and it's basically shibata ishii 11 minutes of them beating the shit out of each other having an absolute classic war and Tamina, because obviously she's the young up-and-comer. Um, she's probably actually probably only about two years younger than Kona. But she ends up going over with him with a um, with a Samoan headbutt. And, um, but there's like grudging respect after the end because both of them are just covered in blood and the crowd have gone wild. Wow. I was I gripped. I love that we've both put blood feuds. <laughs> <laughs> Right, Kyle, what, what have you got? Oh, boy. Well, mine's going to be short, maybe shorter, but more impactful, maybe. Okay. Um, so this will take place uh, in 2005 TNA. Now, uh, for anybody unaware, there was a faction called the Three Live Crew, which was <laughs> comprised of Road Dog, R-Truth, and Conan. Um, and what, what actually does occur is that there's, uh, some hostility within the group, you know, because, uh, Billy Gunn debuts in TNA. So, uh, basically Conan and R-Truth look at Road Dog and they're like, are you aligned with us or are you aligned with your, your buddy over here, Billy Gunn? So Road Dog, it's, it's a month long thing. He doesn't know who he's aligned with. Um, he pretty much doesn't align with anybody. Um, so it's months and months of build. Who is he going? Who's Road Dog going to side with? Is he with Three Life Crew? Is he going to re, you know, New Age Outlaws? Um, but amazingly, he actually chooses to align with Jimmy Snuka. Uh, Jimmy Snuka, who appeared actually on the uh, Final Resolution pay per view in 2004, but he's returned here uh, to uh, capture, try to attempt to capture the NWA title. Um, but uh, you know, our truth and Road Dog, they're distraught, right? Because they just lost. I'm sorry, our truth. Yeah, our truth and Road Dog are, uh, are are walking backstage um, along with Conan. But then our truth and Road Dog get captured by ninjas. Uh, so the ninjas take our truth and Road Dog. So they're pretty much out of the picture. Uh, so that leaves Conan uh, to question: uh, Who are these ninjas? Uh, who took who took my friends my my former friend, uh, but that never gets uh, you know explained. So that just happens. Um, so then we have uh, and then Billy Gunn uh, ends up actually you know yeah a, a little longer down the timeline. It's revealed that Billy Gunn is the leader of the ninjas. Uh, so Billy Gunn kind of works his way into a world title match against Jeff Jarrett on Impact and beats him. So we have 
Uh, Billy Gunn is the NWA champion. Um, but Jimmy Snuka and Conan, because there's a tie here with the ninjas and all the hostility, uh, so ends up happening is a three-way Elevation X match at the pay-per-view. So if anybody is familiar, Elevation X is uh, their version of a, a scaffold match. So we have uh, Billy Gunn, the champion, versus Conan versus Jimmy Snuka for the NWA title in a scaffold match on a TNA pay-per-view. Uh, what ends up happening, you know, Billy Gunn, and it's elimination, so whoever th- the last person standing uh, wins. Uh, Billy Gunn gets thrown off very quickly, and he dies. So that leaves Conan <laughs> and Jimmy Snuka. Uh, so, so, no, so no gun club. You know, it's just yeah. uh, you know, the audience. So that, that's that time. You've won. No, no. <laughs> so now we have Conan and Jimmy Snuka jostling up there on the scaffold. Uh, Conan does a rolling clothesline uh, into Jimmy Snuka, knocking Snuka off of the scaffold. But Tamina is there, catches him with her afro. So Jimmy Snuka <laughs> survives this, but he still loses the match. So Conan wins the title, but Jimmy Snuka is still there. He's still walking around. But Tamina, oh, she wants revenge. So she challenges Conan for the NWA title in an Ultimate X match uh, at the next pay-per-view. Uh, they, have, they have, you know, it's back and forth, man. You know, punches, uh, you know, super kicks to the sternum. Uh, it, it's, it's all there, you know. You have, you know, bald Conan and, and pants, um, you know, do, rolling around, you know, being Conan. You have Tamina, you know. Low super kicks. Um, <laughs> and then uh, ultimately, uh, Jeff Jarrett comes back and pins them both and wins the title, actually. So Jeff Jarrett's uh, the world champion. Um, and then uh, Tamina and Conan uh, get released and go to WWE. <laughs> That's actually the most sensible finish to a Jeff Jarrett title match. Also, it actually gets around because like Tamina is not is not climbing the right, <laughs> the right, yeah. So they, they yeah, worked their way around that. That, <laughs> that was a, a, a very strong, very strong debut, Kyle. I think, That's I think right. Ross, I think for the, for the ninjas alone, I think we've and the and the and Naya <laughs> pair capturing uh, falling father and the end of Gun Club. I think we've probably probably got to give it to Kyle, haven't we, Ross? Well, it, well, it certainly ticked or every single one of your boxes. <laughs> <laughs> Specifically, those are your boxes, and I just happened to tick them all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think everyone's was actually really strong. I think Tamina Conan is a dream um, combo for this game. <laughs> I agree. That's something MLW would do. I, I agree. So, <laughs> yeah, all over it. Right. Well, I think I think that that wraps us all up, guys. Um, Ka- Kyle, did you enjoy your uh, debut on WSBF? Jesus, we've we've gone long today, lads. Is that two hours twenty? <laughs> I mean, I hated it. It was the shits. So just edit, edit all my voice out, but just keep keep the rest of it. <laughs> no, it was a great time. You, I, I love your guys' show. It's it an honor to be on here. And uh, if you ever need a guest again, uh, call somebody else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. They made a cameo, I'm sure, a little bit. And lastly, um, did you want to just do a quick plug? Oh, yes. Uh, Apron Bump, the Apron Bump podcast, not Apron Bumps podcast. The Apron fuck Bump. Those guys. Yeah, fuck those guys. Uh, ApronBump.com for all my episodes, all my social media. Uh, I, it's basically a retro podcast. I do uh, varying promotions and eras 
uh, across four different decades. So uh, one week I might do a 1995 WCW pay-per-view. The other week I might do a 2014 progress show. Um, And I try to capture all, all forms of wrestling all over the world. Um, you know, seeing early days of a lot of stars of today. So for you and, uh, you know, the golden era of ring of honor, TNA, uh, you know, old school WWF, WCW, ECW, uh, progress and other Brit rest stuff that I'm getting into, uh, check me out apronbump.com. Uh, and yeah, that's all I got. Yeah. From our side also just a recommendation that apron bump is a great podcast and also a great follow on socials also. Oh, you you guys are the most hilarious Instagram. I don't know if it's, I think it's Don that controls Instagram or whoever it is, but you're, you're, it's the Instagram posts I see. I, there's a lot of funny stuff on Twitter too, but you guys are a great follow as well. Cheers. Thank you. Um, and um, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely um, have you back on at, at a future point and, and we'd love to be on yours too. Yes, sir. Yeah, we'll make it happen. Maybe do another progress at some point. Yeah, sounds great. Right. Get a little regression in. <laughs> all about Isaac Nurture. Oh man, you can tell me all about him. <laughs> and there's there's not a better wrestler to end the podcast on. So um, <laughs> stay, um, yeah, stay safe, listeners, and remember, it's all about Isaac Nurture. <laughs> Horse semen. <laughs>Alright scholars, there we have it, episode 24 in the books and what an absolute ripper it was. They've already done all the plugs and stuff like that, no need for me to do much more here, but as always I just want to thank Kyle from the Open Bump Podcast for his time, he was very generous and most importantly, gave the Instagram, he really put it over at the end there, get amongst that Instagram, at wrestling should be fun. Uh, thank you to the boss Ross Casey and Matt Brummett uh, did a great job in my absence hosting and thank you most of all to you, dear listener Until next week, guys, drink lots of water. Look after your mates.